We're sound checking right now, so let's see how you did with you turning up your game. Talk as a normal person. This is the best. I get to actually like, talk like yourself, not like a normal person. If I'm not putting on a voice, which I normally do for the podcast, this is how I sound. You normally sound like more energetic and chipper. A cross between the Noid from the Domino's <laughs> commercials. That was maybe the funniest thing you could have said. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. The Noid. I haven't, I haven't combined it with anything. The yet. Noid. And <laughs> the energy of the Noid, the coolness of the Seven Up spot. <laughs> <laughs> And the recklessless devil may care attitude of Chester Cheetah. Actually, that's pretty pretty on point, I think. I think that's Paul in a nutshell. <laughs> Just an amalgam of different advertisements. Yeah. <laughs> We're playing. We're on the journey. Welcome in, everybody, to the review review. It it's review review time. I'm Paul. Uh, my name is Ben. And we have a third party with us today. Shannon Corbet is here. Hi, Shannon. Hi. Hello. Oh, Corbet. Corbet. Like sorbet. Yeah, like Got sorbet. It. Okay. I've I've known that for a while now. I've had to tell <laughs> Shannon is a is a writer, actor, producer, veteran. And uh, we've known each other for a little bit, and we've worked together creatively with uh, the 1448 Theater Festival. Oh, right, yeah. Shannon has been an actor and a writer. And it was there where someone pulled your pulled your play. And was like, uh, by Shannon Corbell. And I was like, no, it's Corbet. And got him. Like Sorbet. Yep. Like Sorbet. With the right yeah. hand uppercut. It's French. Yeah. Bang. I like that. Shannon, tell these people out here who you are. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Shannon. You did a pretty good job. I mean, you, you already started out with what I normally go to. You know, I'm an actor and a writer. My official bio has my military history. Pronounce my name correctly, which you did. I, I put that on my, you know, I put that on my website now, my social medias and stuff. <laughs> really? For, for I mean, that few, makes sense. For a few reasons. One, makes sense. I, I do want people to get it right, sure. you know, but also I hope it helps them kind of remember a little bit, you know? Like, I think it does. Oh, sorbet. The Rhyming ironic scheme, thing is yeah. I don't like sorbet. <laughs> okay. None? Um, Not any or, variety? Or maybe I haven't had sorbet I just haven't found the sorbet that I would like it. Um, and it could be because usually when people are offering it to me, so I'm also vegan. So people mm-hmm. will be like, yeah, we're having this decadent, incredible ice cream. And we do have this like frozen fruit water for you. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no. We, pull, we pulled this out of the garbage if you want it. Yeah, this isn't <laughs> I, as good as I, our. I also want the chocolate chip cookie dough. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. Um, On that note, Baskin Robbins in the summer does a wonderful watermelon sorbet. Is this and episode, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to recommend it. Is this it. episode brought to you by Baskin Robbins? <laughs> no, we can't do that. You know we can't do that. Is it brought to us by Rasket Bobbins? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. I'll think about Rasket? it. Rasket? Rasket Bobbins. Yeah. Rasket. Sherry Bobbins. Rasket Bobbins. What would that be the title of? Rasket Bobbins, the autobiography of... A Hobbit? Oh, that's a that's a murder. Actually, that's one hundred percent a murder. Actually, uh, you know what's so funny? I have this in my notes. Okay, I'm jumping ahead. No, do it. Hold on, go for it. Because we're going to talk about. <laughs> Hold gonna, on, no, wait, we're go. Gonna, go. We're going to talk about the film Willow later. Yes. Right? Oh, right, that. Yes. And one of the things that I loved so much is that the Nelwins kept using the word bobbin for baby or little kids. Like, oh, oh they miss yeah. those bobbins. Look at this little bobbin. And I was like, oh shit, I'm going to use that. That's one of the things I liked about the movie. Is like one of one of the like kind of approachable details. It's like little touches of language that were different. That, yeah, like yeah, Peck didn't overdo it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then look at the synchronicity. We didn't even try. We didn't even plan this, this Raskin Bobbins. Yep. Can I be Stuart Townsend? Sure. Does somebody want to be Sting? And then the other guy? Synchronicity, the police. Oh. I'm going deep. Sorry. It's already like, over really head, bad. Over my head. I'll be whoever you want me to be, but I don't <laughs> get the reference. I'd like to be Kevin Pollack. And the weird thing about me is like if if you're the police, like don't don't you want to be Sting? Oh yes. Wouldn't you say if Sting? You're the, yes. Eh, I'm a weird guy. We know that. Shannon, do you have anything that you'd like to plug that you're like currently working on or upcoming or gonna be working on again? Anything like that? I am about to release a short film that I created last year um, on my YouTube. It's called Chair Force Revenge. It's a military. It's probably less a short film and more of a a sketch. Um, But anyway, you can find me on Instagram at Shannon Corbett. That's also my YouTube channel. It's my threads. I want to like dig into the concept of your film, but also like the title is good enough where I'm just like, I'm interested. Yeah, (laughs) It is very, it's very intriguing. So I really like the film. It makes me laugh. That's good. Um, It made our (laughs) military community audience laugh. I'm always interested in what civilians think of it because it's very inside baseball, inside jokes with branch rivalry. All the branches lose and all the branches win. You Air Force, this. right? Yeah, I was Air Force. Yeah. It's about an Air Force chick who looks exactly like me, uh, who's sick of coincidentally being made fun of for being, you know, in the Air Force and being called Chair Force. So she's getting her revenge. Yeah. I just remember it's my papa title. was my my grandfather, who I call Papa, was in Korea, and he always would badmouth Air Force because he was in the Marines. Yeah, and he had to sleep. He was like, I have to sleep on the floor. I have to sleep out on the ground and. Pilots are all up in the hotels. Yeah, with our chocolate fountains and our golf courses and stuff. And, <laughs> and then they want to hate on us, and it's like... It's because they ain't us, work, in your case. Yeah, work smarter, yes. not harder. They hate baby. yes, because they ain't yes. I have a question, though. Yes. Paul, how are you? God bless you. I did it. I finally did it. I'm fine. <laughs> My back's weird. My root canal's done. That was really nice to get out of the way. Man, I've been having to delve into like all sorts of things for like role research, which has been great because I don't audition that much. But like, I'm also one of those people that goes really deep inside baseball a term that I like to use, Shannon, that you just use with this kind of stuff. So that's been like very all consuming the last several days. You're going method. You've been going method for a role. He's been I am talking, not a method actor. He's been talking to Jared Leto. <laughs> he's like, I guess I have to mail people dead this rats. This explains the dead rat that I got. <laughs> I should have said for this podcast. I'm normally pretty good at yes ending, but when someone's like, oh, you're a method actor, I'm like, no, no, I am not. Yeah. <laughs> and we're done with that. Yeah. that the <laughs> That's not a thread we're going to follow. <laughs> not yes ending it. Should have, but here we are. Shannon, how are you? Yeah, I'm leaving you to last. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> I'm doing well. Excellent. I'm on the uh, recovery end of a low, you know, I'm. Knowing no one but these two guys can see me with my hand. I'm making like a <laughs> it's a wave, a wave like a yeah. roller coaster. It's very even. And I was showing like the low dip, which is what I would um, describe as um, my emotional state the past few days. But mm. it's but it's I'm on the up now. And that's like not that the roller coaster itself, not that the ride seemed even, but your motion was oh. very even. Thank you. It's pretty predictable. It's cyclical. It's yeah. it's moon cyclical. Pretty, mm. pretty consistently. 
We could dive deeper into that. I can only we could imagine. Dive as deep into that <laughs> as, as you guys and we have want to. Valleys, all of us, yeah, all the time. Yeah. And I know it's not funny or anything. I was just very impressed with the <laughs> up a, and down motion you made. I was, was like fascinated. That was and very like, well. Left hand. It's nice. Yeah. Wow. Thanks. And you're right handed? I am. <laughs> It's sad how legitimately impressed I was. It's <laughs> so sad. Okay. It doesn't take a lot to impress Paul. <laughs> so don't get too high on your horse. So for, like the past, for the past year, I've been taking ballet classes at my mm. local community college. That's I feel, amazing. I feel both like I Joel great. McHale from the show Community, but also like a child doing ballet. Like I wear a leotard and a little skirt and tights and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. and and I have the skills of a child, <laughs> and it feels so precious. That's great. I, and I, I love it so much, and it's so dumb. I have to imagine that the, the journey of ballet is just the way that it is portrayed in The Simpsons when Bart has to take ballet. He hates it. He cannot stand it. And suddenly he's moving and expressing and feels very free and loves it. <laughs> like, we had to take ballet in uh, my theater training. I was really? Like, yeah. Well, we had to take dance, and mm-hmm. so b- ballet was the was the foundation, and then we built up. I've been loving it. I'm adding tap this semester. Oh, nice! Tap is hard. Yeah, it, no shit. I've never ever done it, but I got tap shoes for Christmas. Very cool. I'm, That's amazing. Just, I used to try to tap when I was a kid. Yeah, but like I just don't have that rhythm. Like, sure. See if I do. Let's see if the hand wave. <laughs> have you ever? <laughs> I'm just gonna say I have. A have feeling. you ever drummed? Because I I hear mm-hmm. that that's a similar a lot of people who can drum can tap uh, that makes sense and a lot of people can tap can drum i used to be able to do the drum line from beat it and i almost guarantee you i couldn't do it now. <laughs> ben how are you i can't do the drum line from beat it so you're shitty you feel yeah. disappointed. you feel as shitty as me Ugh. <laughs> how am i that's a great question i'm doing okay i had a good decent weekend and Today, at least, the day of this recording, it's been a very Seattle-esque day here in Los Angeles. Yeah. And I it's, fucking it's picked up my spirits. love it so much. <laughs> I do, too. I walked to yoga and walked home in the pouring rain and was just so happy. I um, love it. Where are you from originally? I'm from here. Okay, I grew yeah. up in Moore Park, California. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I. somebody asked me today when I was, I bought weed. Oh. And they were like, what do you think of the weather? And I was like, fucking love it. How are you? And they were just like, ugh. Do you remember back when you had to buy weed from some guy in his apartment and have to have like an awkward conversation for like 10 minutes? Okay. <laughs> they made a TV show about that. They did? Yeah. It's called High Maintenance. High Maintenance. Oh, it's shit. great. With Ben. What's his name? It's I, great. I never saw that. It, it's A guy made it on his own and then adapted it for an HBO show. Oh, shit. It's really, he's the weed deliverer. Oh, so yeah. it's like all the clients. I had someone like that. I'm going to bleep it out. His name's Tom. But he would come <laughs> over and like he fucking cast a spell on you. Like just went on and on. It was like Portlandia when they're like, where's the chicken from? And he like, you, it's from here. This was the pH level in the soil. These are the flavors you're going to. And I miss that guy. Because now I go to the dispensary and they're like, you want sativa or you want indica or you want to get fucked? <laughs> it's like, get fucked, I guess. And they're like, good, you were going to anyway. Yeah, dispensaries kind of feel like a like the waiting room of a strip club. <laughs> like there's a weird vibe in there. You know what I mean? There, there's a waiting room? No, there's waiting not. Room no, there's clubs? not. But that's what I mean. Like the, it feels like a waiting room of a strip club. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only one who was confused by the that. Combination, I went to strip club. Combination <laughs> waiting room, waited. strip club. Combination. Okay. 
I see. I see the vibes of a waiting room and the vibes of a strip club, Ugh. and they've come together. Yeah, I hate that. How accurate that is. <laughs> That's it, what it, it feels is. like, especially when there's like a security guard. And you feel like you don't want to touch anything. Yeah. <laughs> and you just want to look at the ceiling. <laughs> Sativa cash. <laughs> is my phone locations off? <laughs> I'll have the Mugalatani uh, large. No soup for you. I feel like mushrooms are the new weed, you know, they're, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're you have to go to the guy, you've got to know someone yeah. who's, who's growing them. Some guy named Angus. Completely mm-hmm. legal in Oregon, it's my understanding, or maybe it's Washington, I don't know, but recreational. People are ma- microdosing mushrooms, right? Yeah. I believe so. That's the thing. And this has me curious. Yeah. It's fun. I've never microdosed, I've only macrodosed. I, yeah. I've macrodosed and I had the best time. And so then I was like, I'm going to share this with someone. Awesome. And I love doing that. And then I had the worst time because she abandoned <gasps> me. <laughs> oh, no. She's like, oh, it's kicking in. And she put headphones on and cr- wrapped herself in a blanket and crawled under a table. And just I spent the next like six hours in, the, in an abandonment oh, cycle. No. And it got pretty dark. On that note, we're yeah. going to transition. So, Do you hear it? What am I watching? What are we watching? Okay. I know I, <laughs> Shannon's like touching her earphones. It we really actually, should. It doesn't play in the in the I know it's such a bummer. Plays. Such a great little song. I know. On the note of what we were just talking about, there is a movie on Netflix called Have a Nice Trip, A Journey with Psychedelics. I haven't watched it in a while, but that movie I think sets people up really well for that experience. Especially a big piece of it is like, have a fantastic attitude when you're going in. And you have to be in a good mindset. That's a really big piece of in it. In your life. Yep. Yeah. What else am I watching? I, on the note of role research and shit like that, a book that we talked about on our last episode, I reread and rewatched the movie is from 1993. It's called The Dark Half. It's a George Romero movie. It stars Amy Madigan, whoop, whoop, Michael Rooker from oh, yeah. uh, our previous episode as well, Days of Thunder, and Timothy Hutton. It's a solid little like 90s, like five to $10 million, something like that, oh, like wow. horror movie. The makeup effects are fantastic. There's some good performances some of it doesn't hold up super well, whatever. Like, that's independent horror movies from the 90s, though. Like, whatever. You get what you get. Sure. The, there was, like, studio distribution. It was solid. It's better than a lot of the stuff out there. But if you're in the mood for great makeup effects, something that's just, like, a little left of center. And if you're a person who is interested in, like, the writer's journey, especially when you kind of separate one personality from another or what have you... It's a fun examination of that. And the book is great, too. Stephen King, as we talked about, Ben Travis and I, at least, Shannon, I don't know about you. I want to know what you're watching. But we were like, we all like fucking Stephen King. Whatever. Fine. (laughs) Nothing to be embarrassed about. What are you watching, Shannon? I am watching. I'm an actor, so I'm SAG-AFTRA. So I've been watching the nominated films in preparation to be a responsible voter. Love it. Happened to notice a certain someone named Jessica Martin. Oh, in yes. Oppenheimer. That was mm-hmm. Jessica Aaron Martin. Jessica Aaron Martin. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, she was guest 
on this program. She was. Oh, man. She was fantastic in that role as well. Yeah. Mm. She's, she's fantastic. Oh, what last a quinky dink. <laughs> last night I did take a break to watch Self-Reliance. Mm. Oh, Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson's new film. Interested. I flip and love his brain. I'd love to hang did out Did he write him. it? Uh, he did. He wrote it. Did he direct it? I think he did. I think he did. I think it was his uh, he debut. Yeah. So yeah. he wrote it and directed. I loved his pandemic film, Ride the Eagle, mm. as well. And I just love what he's in. And I mean, with this one, I was watching it and I'm like, I, my writer brain was just so in awe. Like, what what would I come up with for it? You know, just the concept is very fun. And then how do you fill out the feature film with it? And I just adored it. I adored him. He plays, you know, the character that he always plays, which is just a delightful, a delightful, vulnerable, honest person. I mean, he's so good at New Girl. I mean, so, everyone's good in New Girl, but he's so good. He has so much charisma, girl. and he's funny, and he's weird. And his, his vulnerability and honesty, like his stream of consciousness, the way that he he communicates. I give you cookie, you give me cookie. You give <laughs> yeah. me cookie, I give you. Co- you know, the yeah. first time, like the first movies that I saw him in, actually turned me off to him because oh. Jurassic World, okay, and the Mummy, the Tom Cruise Mummy. Oh, oh how yeah, funny. I haven't seen that. Never could finish. Don't it. worry about it. But those were like the first time I really like saw him. Oh, funny. And then when my roommates who lived here at the time were watching New Girl, yeah. I was like, I don't think I want to watch that. And they're like, Why not? I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I like that guy. And then I came back around. I'm surprised you didn't see him in Safety Not Guaranteed first because it's mm. a Well, Seattle. I did see that, but I didn't see that till after, I think. Okay. 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 But I also auditioned for that movie, I think. Oh, whoa. Oh. Speaking of self-reliance, yes. is, has anyone seen Hard Target? Is it like that, like where people like are like, we're going to hunt you, but we're going to pay you. And if you survive, you get to keep the money. What, the, something like that? Yeah, the concept is it's a game show. You have to survive for 30 days. People are hunting you. They can't kill you if you're, quote, within striking distance of another human being. Oh, that's like the game you play with your friends called, I think it's called like Assassin. Where oh, it's like, it. oh, like it's like a kid's game where you can kill somebody by like looking at them going like you're dead, but they can't be around anybody else. Nobody can see you. Mm. This was taken to literal, yeah. literal killing. Hmm. So, so for 30 days, you know, his character has to find someone to... Be within striking distance okay. at all times. You know? I do want to watch that. Yeah. And people just don't want to be around him, I assume, so it gets difficult. Or, you know, he, he's like, you know, I don't want to give away awesome. This is in the trailer as well. You know, he forces his friend to sleep with him in the same bed. He wakes up without him because his friend had to go to the bathroom. He's freaking oh, yeah. out, like, and busting down <laughs> the door and stuff. And his friend's like, this isn't okay. A little clingy. Yeah. It's a very, the details are very funny and sweet, and I loved it. Okay. Ben. Uh, I just mainlined season five of Fargo. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I just went through it pretty hard. Uh, I love that show. I love Noah Hawley. I mm. think that the whole concept of the show was brilliant. I think yeah. that he came up with it. I don't know if you know the, the history of that show, but he came up with this and then like pitched it to the Coen brothers, and they fucking loved it so much that they produce it. It's but, so great, all the tie-ins to all sorts of Cohen stuff. Like all sorts of shit. Yeah, and that every season – it's an anthology se- series. And so, like, every season hits similar tropes. Uh, and this season is fucking great. I think season two is still my favorite season. But this season is really – I don't want to give anything away. But it's it's less, like, complex than other seasons. It's more, like, a streamlined narrative. And there's not, like, a 
C E or C D E plot line going on. Like mm. it's pretty tied to one major conflict. But Juno Temple and John Hamm are just phenomenal. And I I love John Hamm and I've never disliked him more. I like I love his performance in this, but he's, oh yeah, yeah. But it, he is so unlikable. So and I feel like that's hard. He's such a jolly, charismatic dude. We talked about this with a different Val Kilmer movie with Dick Atherton. Oh yeah, How, he is such a fuck. He's the great asshole. Great One asshole. Of the greatest assholes. John Hamm's a great asshole. And that's like that can be a really hard thing to do. That's a hard yeah. place to live and exist. Oh yeah. Trigger warnings to that series because really, it, yeah, it deals with a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, what spousal abuse stop? and the only trigger warning I need, I always have to go to the website. Like, does the dog die? I need to know <laughs> when animals are killed and how. Is there yeah. a cat version I don't, of that? I don't care that it spoils it. I mean, that's my. I, I want to go see the new Argyle, the Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, movie, yeah, with the but CG I was cat. Like, if that cat gets hurt, I'm gonna be pissed. It's a CG cat. They won't even hurt the CG cat. But that's what I mean. Fine. Don't hurt the CG don't. cat. Has, has anyone seen the Adventures of Milo Notice? N- none of those Why animals would you die bring in it that up? movie. Oh my god! How dare you! <laughs> And on that note, we should bring up this. <laughs> Shannon's like, oh, I didn't hear that this was a recurring joke. I should go. Um, <laughs> let's get to the, the most facts. horrifying movie ever made. <laughs> let's get to the facts. Let's do it. Paul, if you please. Archaeology is the search for facts. Oh, hey, it's me, Paul. We watched Willow. This was a Lucasfilm Limited and Imagine Entertainment film. It is from 1988. There's parental guidance. That's been suggested by the, what are they called? MPAA? Let's say that. It is two hours and six minutes long. This is a $35 million movie. Adjusted, that is $90.1 million. Opening weekend was May 20th of 88. It made $8.3 million. In the U.S., that's $21.4 million. The final gross worldwide was 57.3. That's 147.6 million adjusted. Multipliers from the 80s and 90s like whack me out. Because yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, you could improve on your fourth weekend compared to what you did in your first weekend. No problem. I think they expected more from this movie. I think George <laughs> Lucas expected it to... to... We're going to get into that. Okay. <laughs> no, please finish your thought though. No, no, just up. that I think that especially from the opening weekend, I feel like they expected it to hit... A little bit harder. Yeah. I, I don't think you're the only one. Yeah. You're not alone. Other releases this weekend, Ricky and Pete from Australia. Don't know it. But another Rick on the Barbie. <laughs> that's, that's bad. <laughs> I'm trying to think it. of a Simpsons line from that episode and I can't. They're going to boot me for it. Either way, the weekend top five, this film, Friday the 13th, seven, the new blood. That one was Jason versus Carrie. If anyone. If you say like, so. <clears throat> Carrie from the... It, it's same idea. Oh. Different name, but oh, same idea. Oh, like Prom Carry. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, Prom Carry. Right? Not I a good movie. kind of just want to read the plot. Of- <laughs> <laughs> what? Give me the logline, Paul. <laughs> Jason versus Carrie. She was the victim in that film. Oh, um, she was. She anyway. really was. Okay. And then she faces off against Freddy. Damn, girl has some bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Colors. That uh, is a Dennis Hopper film starring Sean Penn. I like that movie. Beetlejuice in its eighth week is still in the top five. Beetlejuice. And Shakedown. Beetlejuice. Starring Sam Elliott, Miho. Beetlejuice. You know it. The top five films this year domestically were Who Framed Roger Rabbit, an unquestionable masterpiece. I love it. 
Coming to America, an unquestionable masterpiece. Have you seen Have you seen these movies? Yes, okay. and I was so traumatized by oh, no. what happened to that poor little shoe mm-hmm. that I haven't oh, seen. Oh man, Who Framed Roger? It's Rabbit, a disturbing like, scene since 1988. That I, did movie you, do you also go look up? So I hope dark. the shoe doesn't die before movies. <laughs> the shoe better live. That movie is. <laughs> that movie is so fucking good. Yeah. Good morning, Vietnam. Big, an unquestioned, f- pretty fun movie. And Crocodile on Day 2. The fever was on, man. I am, I'm getting the boot. Ben's, I am going to get the boot. Ooh, Ben's <laughs> mad. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Other films from 88. Moonstruck, Scrooged, A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. My favorite Nightmare on Elm Street. That's oh, right. Oh, my God. I'm sick. I'm jumping ahead. I'm, I'm cutting sick. you off the land before time. Oh, man. Another traumatizing. Like, they need some... Can we say the F word? Fuck yeah. We made some fucked up films for kids. Oh, like, yeah. Majorly traumatizing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lion King, like yeah. where Mufasa dies. We just, grew up with different shit. Just so messed Shannon, up. I have no idea how old you are. But Ben and I, anyway, grew up with different shit. Well, wait, no, I was, I'm certain, I was in my 50s. I'm certain that I'm older than both of you. You're certain <laughs> of it? Yes. Oh, I might say my real age and then I got to cut it out. <laughs> Paul's in his late 60s. We can't. Thank you. And yeah. I'm correct. So no. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon's in her late 70s. Uh, <laughs> Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oliver and Company, Big Top Pee Wee, Poltergeist 3, Vice Versa, Bloodsport, and a movie called Assault of the Killer Bimbos. Mm. Why do I know that? Because I watched the end of Siskel and Ebert episodes just to see the ratings. <laughs> and it was like, two thumbs down for Attack of the Killer Bimbos. Don't let the title fool you. <laughs> How does the title fool me into wanting to see it? I don't know. I don't know. No idea. I don't appreciate. I'm jumping ahead again. You guys. Okay. So they, they've made this beautiful document. Like they, these, these guys put their heart and soul. These guys put work into this podcast. You okay? tell them. Um, That'll make them listen to it more. <laughs> Shame them. Yeah. And so we've got a document here guiding us. You know, this isn't just the first part. This isn't just willy nilly thrown together. Okay. Oh, later, later though. Yeah, later. Um, yeah, don't. But I'm ruining it by like ignoring the document, jumping ahead to just what excites me the most. <laughs> um, and I can see that Siskel and Ebert gave willow two thumbs down and now i hear that they also gave assault of the killer bimbos two thumbs up they're giving <laughs> Shitty, willow right? the same rating as a, i do think something called assault of the fucking killer bimbos? losers i do i do i do want to say that i think the thumbs up thumbs down rating system lacks a little bit of nuance but i went <laughs> i went and looked so this weekend i did my research too and i read one of the reviews and i was like first of all how dare you uh, <laughs> And I think this is going to be a rough episode. (laughs) Maybe we'll find out. Oh, I think right now on the star rating, it's got two, if that. Oh, interesting. I'll look that up. Well, okay. Well, the letterboxd average is 3.4 out of five, which is solid. Yeah. Uh, You can follow me. I'm at Paul X Badly. And I'm Run BMC. You say yours again because I cut you off. At Run BMC. And I'm at Shannon Corbet. How do I not follow you on letterboxd? Oh, on Letterbox? <laughs> I don't have a Letterbox. Oh, that's I, what, okay. I, I didn't know what we were plugging. I just got excited. <laughs> You're good. Well, what, what were you going to say about thumbs up, thumbs down, nuance? You were going to bring something up. I don't know. Okay. okay. The major award wins and nominations. This film was nominated for Best Sound Effects and Best Visual Effects. Is that at the Academy Awards? Correct. Okay. 
Um, Benjamin, there are a bunch of fucking people that made this thing. Will yeah, you tell me about sure. some, at least a couple? The director of this movie is Ron Howard. Have you heard of him? Whom? Have you heard yeah. of him? Yeah, I've heard of him. Ron Howard. <laughs> What's he done? He was on the Andy Griffith Show. Oh, yeah. Okay. And yeah. Happy Days? Uh, yeah. I right, can't okay. tell if you're... <laughs> okay. He had me. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> uh, Paul's listed Night Shift, Gung Ho, and The Paper. No one's heard of those. So I'm Gung Ho? Up... Well, that's starting Michael Douglas? I'm going to bring up... Keaton? Uh, wait, Michael Keaton? Yes. Oh. I'm going <laughs> to bring person. up Apollo 13. Yeah. Uh, 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 all right, fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, 13 Lives, which I don't know if anyone saw that from last year. I haven't. It's Is actually it really well done. Okay. And speaking of race movies, Rush, I think it's also really, really like well that done. Movie. Writers Bob Dolman, uh, How to Eat Fried Worms, Far and Away, The Banger Sisters, George Lucas, A Star War. George Lucas, it was a story. story by so, George Lucas, The Dreamer. Can we just talk? George Lucas is really good at story. I'm and, Bob Dole. And, and let somebody else mm-hmm. do the dialogue. Yeah, I can't. I, like I just, Lawrence Kasdan or about, something. People give him such a hard time because people were so disappointed with the prequels. But he's George but like, Lucas. He's just he's just got he's this guy with a heart. Like he's just got a dream in his heart, you know? I like that attitude. And like think, a, think like billions it. of dollars. He, well, moves, and he's got several. billions of dollars yeah. now, but like he deserves I he, mean, he has filled my life with so much joy and imagination yeah. and just he has taken me from a time of dread to a galaxy, galaxy far, far, far away. away. You know, like he just he wants to tell these stories about like just regular people who can become heroes. And God, I God Have damn you seen it, the I ILM love it for it. documentary series. I think it's on Disney no. Plus. Which one? ILM. Documentary. Oh yeah, I've, I've seen so many of them. So, it's so good. I have I have a hard time watching behind the scenes content of stuff mm. that I'm really into because. I feel so left out that it's it can be really painful. <laughs> sure. So it, it's it's a balancing act gotcha. for me. I, if I got cast in Star Wars, I'd be so happy that I'd drop dead and I'd never get to film <laughs> Star Wars. I do love George Lucas, so I am here for you on that. Thank you. I'm Bob Dole, and Bob, I love Indiana Jones. Bob Dole. That's a bad Bob Dole. Bob Dole says his name in third I'm Bob person. Dole. Bob Dole says that's Bob, it's none of it's, it's good. It's in third person though. Uh, he says, yeah, Bob, Bob Dole, Dole likes, likes Indiana Jones. Bob Bob Dole likes Indiana Jones. Bob Dole will run for president. Bob Dole. I don't care. I didn't. I didn't kill Bob Dole. Get off my wife. Get off Bob Dole. Well, that's they're, that's Ron Howard in this. These guys are sitting across. They're making like very intense eye contact yeah, as they rough. do um, whatever they're doing. Improv. I, I don't and I don't get it. So I'm just kind of like my I'm ping ponging like my face back and forth oh, no. watching them get into we this. We do we do appreciate the um we appreciate commentary. attention the narration the, the commentary. I appreciate yeah. attention more just, than anything else. Just in case anyone else is with me. Let's get back to reading. <laughs> Director of photography was Adrian Biddle, RIP. Yeah. Made Aliens, The Mummy and The Princess Bride. I l- appreciation for you putting Aliens with the um, dollar sign as an as the S Thank instead you. of like an S. <laughs> Uh, music, James Horner, R.I.P., Troy, yeah. A Beautiful Mind, Perfect Storm. Are we going to come back to talking about the music? Absolutely. We're going to talk about this right. whole movie. Okay, okay, okay. We'll come I'll back to quick. all of this. <laughs> Producers, Brian Grazer and Ron Howard, The Da Vinci Code, Angels and Demons, and George Lucas, Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Good job, guys. Good job. <laughs> uh, you can blame me fully for this entire sheet. Anything yeah. you don't like, it was me. Casting in this, we have Warwick Davis. He plays Willow, uh, Return of the Jedi, 
the Leprechaun sequels and, and the Harry Potter series. After he filmed Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's just great. Val Kilmer's Mad Mardigan, Real Genius, Batman Forever, Top Gun, Maverick, and Top Gun. <laughs> we did Real Genius on this on this show. Yeah, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to Real Genius to hear about how we praise Val Kilmer. Great fucking movie. He's my favorite Batman. Come oh. at me. Wow. Hot take. Yeah. Ben loves Dr. Chase Meridian. Oh, yeah. This is more than almost anything on this planet. We're Mm. we're bringing up, we're always bringing up Batman Forever. It happens a lot. Mm. Yeah. And I'll just drop it right here because I I always try to upset the guest and make them like try to be at a base level, but they're always looking at me like boiling. I hate Batman Forever. I hate it. Wow. (laughs) I think Michael, Mike Bowers said the same thing. He said it was the worst one. I agreed. I ended up agreeing with him. It was weird. Like the very first thing that Batman says is like an insult to a doctor. Was and you're just Chase like, Marino? what? <laughs> uh, keep going here. Let's uh, Joanne Wally. Whaley. Whaley. Plays Sorsha, Kill Me Again, Navy Seals, Shattered. Shattered Jean- is a wild movie. Jean Marsh plays Queen Bavmorda, Return to Oz, Frenzy, Dark Places. It's funny. I didn't place her in Return to Oz until I read this. And I was like, oh, yeah. That movie. That was another trauma. That's another fucking rules. <laughs> it's, it's, I haven't seen it in a while. Oh, man. Really? It's oh, really God. good. What, what kind of nightmare? Ugh. It's so fucking Speaking of dark. mushrooms. Yeah. That, uh, that movie is wonderful. She's also in this movie. She's fucking great. Oh, yeah. She's, she's one of the really good performances in this oh, movie. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Billy Barty, R.I.P., High Aldwin, Masters of the Universe, Legend, Tough Guys, Pat Roach, R.I.P., Kale, Indiana Jones, the original trilogy, Red Sonia, and Conan the Barbarian. Side note about him. He gets killed in the first movie in the plane. Like he's spinning his fists at Indiana and he's the just like, guy. fuck you, dude, and just yeah. shoots him. Yeah. He appears in every single film as a different character. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Also including, thing. I think, in Brownface. Wait, what? In which one? In Temple of Doom. Oh, shit. Yeah, probably, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I know exactly who he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, Gavin O'Hurley, R.I.P. Uh, Eric, is that it? Eric. I, I think yeah. that's right. Uh, never Say Never Again, Superman 3, The Descent 2. I love the first one of those. I've never seen the sequel. I haven't either. I, I really like the I first one. I have to mention one. also Kevin Pollack, who's not listed on here. He is not listed. He's not listed for this movie? No, he is. Oh, okay. I just didn't want to put that credit on the next page i'm a big kevin pollack i knew he would come up sometimes it's like i know these actors shannon would you mind telling us these fun facts they're really fun i wouldn't mind at all warwick davis who plays willow of course was 17 years old when this was filmed and as we've discussed the movie was written specifically for him by george lucas after they met on return of the jedi that's awesome if you told me he was 12 or 20 or 30 or (laughs) 50 i would have probably believed you like he's got this kind of timeless thing about him yeah he does he does okay most of val kilmer's dialogue was improvised on the day had no idea yeah me neither i love this i hope we go into a long conversation about val kilmer's comedic acting in this because i i love it so oh, much I love, I think he's, he's incredible yeah he i laughed pretty high, hard he at hitting hard at this point too i don't love her she kicked me in the face yes yeah. <laughs> fantastic he, he he did so many that just his performance made it work mm. i love it <clears throat> um, i also love that they fell in love on the set of this so he's right. talked about like you know in interviews how you know they do kissing scenes and then he forget his lines you know and he's like i, I don't think i ever got it right we, we just kept having to wow got a boner take it. <laughs> <laughs> this is this 
these kinds of, these ones hurt. So George Lucas had expectations this film would earn as much or more than E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Its final worldwide gross of $57.3 million didn't quite hit the mark of $792.1 million. But you gotta swing. You gotta swing. Yeah. You do. Yeah. You absolutely do. Uh, it hurts me that there, that anybody felt any type of disappointment with regards <laughs> to Willow. That's how I feel. Like, Steven Spielberg didn't like Hook. And I'm like, how well, could you? Hook's also his lowest rated movie. I know. And well, we like Hook on this show. We, I, this is a house that respects Rufio. I love yeah. Hook. Okay. I, I love that fucking Glenn Close gets put in the boo box. That's such a weird, fun fact. I, I love, love that I didn't know it was Glenn Close until like last year. Oh, that's you know? amazing. Yeah. yeah. I love that, like, the, 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 uh, the thing we have to give the movie like the thing we have to surrender is like this works if you're imagining if you believe it hard enough like mm-hmm. both of these movies have that yeah. same this era had a lot of that a lot yeah. of that and yeah. it just for me it works in hook partly because it's so radically fucking colorful and like excessive and Ron williams sure dude nearsighted gynecologist <gasps> yeah <laughs> he has a better wig in this too hmm? he has a good wig <laughs> moving on <laughs> A two to six player board game was also released in 1988 by Tor Books. I did not know Willow. this was a board game. I didn't know either. I'm I curious know that. about it. Love to find it. I would love to play. And I read this and immediately checked out the first one from the library. Oh. A follow-up trilogy of novels was released that takes place 15 years after the events of this film. And they feature Alora Dannon as the main protagonist. Is that what the, the Disney Plus series was based on? I don't believe so. Oh, okay. I've never watched it. Well... We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up half a second. Oh, step. I'm so sorry. We have There's a surprise. One more thing. Surprise, surprise. If you would be so kind, what is the logline of this film? Pitch me. Okay, something you guys have to know about me is that <laughs> I <laughs> I have like heart heart attacks every time I have to write a logline. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. I, I could like bring up the text messages of me panicking about it. I would never get into an elevator and extemporaneously give a logline to someone because it is not my strong suit. But let's see what we can do. <clears throat> when uh, a young farmer who dreams of being a sorcerer uh, discovers a baby in in the in the woods by his house. He embarks on a journey to return her to her people so that she can fulfill the prophecy of bringing down uh, the evil queen who threatens the uh, all creatures of good heart. I think if that were the back of a VHS jacket, you want to read it. Oh, it would be like if that were, that's an excellent VHS jacket back. It is. It's great. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Logline. A young farmer is chosen to undertake a perilous journey in order to protect a special baby from an evil queen. Some of that, like a lot of the words were right, just in different places or order. But the first three words were like a young farmer. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. You like, know exactly who we're talking about. Yep. Who this movie's about. Well, now we have to take a break. Uh, we have to take a break because Raskin Bobbins, <laughs> our local <laughs> terrifying baby... murder puppet. <laughs> I'm Raskin Bobbins. <laughs> and I'm going to haunt your fucking dreams. Uh, Apparently he's also from Australia. <laughs> and he also has ice cream and sorbet. <laughs> and uh, he's a baby. All 33 flavors. Yeah. 33. Illuminati. Burp, 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 burp. Even though it's January, the special summer watermelon. <laughs> 
It's so good. The little fakely candy scene. Well, we better delicious. go before Raskin Bobbins kills us. <laughs> yeah, stay awake. Drink that tea. We'll be fast. right back. We'll be back. Hi, it's Paul. The ad you're about to hear is from this episode's one-time sponsor, Raskin Bobbins Barbers, home of the Burgle Cut. We were well compensated, and again, we apologize for the content, but our contract says that we must play this once. Please don't hesitate to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at ReviewX2Podcast. You can follow Ben on Letterboxd at RunBMC. You can follow myself on Letterboxd at Paul Axbadley. And again, with all due respect, we apologize. Thanks. Stop. Don't, don't eat that. Hello, I'm Raskin Bobbins, owner proprietor Raskin Bobbins Barbers in Hobbiton, home of the Hobbiton Burgle Cut. What the fuck is Hobbiton Burgle Cut? That's when we shave the top of your head and glues it onto the back like Burgle Cut the flippity flop from Flopsy Flu. Raskin Bobbins Barbers. I won't kill you. Probably. I was all for 33 flavors of ice cream and sorbet, seasonally for your pleasure. Back to the program. Yeah, no, it comes back. <laughs> yeah, it's harder as you get older, so. Um, that I'm like slightly, that makes me feel a little optimistic. Thank you. That, like, I was just like, oh, man. <laughs> but let me It'll never pipe. come back? I dropped ah. my pipes on the ground. Oh, no, Raskin Bobbins. Oh, Raskin. Raskin Bobbins. Oh. I really want a Gandalf pipe. Oh yeah. yeah. Come and play with us. I feel like I'd, I feel like I'd enjoy it. I really support that idea. Thank I think you. you should go for it. I almost want to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> we're back. Oh, if back. you couldn't tell. I, I assume could, we are. I'm looking at Ben like we're back, right? We're back. Okay. From out of space. Yeah. Poor Shannon has to like monitor the ping pong again. What? The bing, 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 We bing. can't do that. Should we put start putting no. the guests on the other end and us? <laughs> no, it's no. just in that particular moment, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. My it, fault, not yours. So. I think I can kind of imagine. And yeah, it would be kind of, yeah, <laughs> like whiplashy a little. No, it was fun. You say, <laughs> okay, it's, you say it's not our fault? <laughs> Definitely our fault. I don't know. Maybe it's my responsibility to know who Bob Bob Dole? Bob Dole? Bob Dole. Bob Dole is? Oh, man, we are that old. He ran for president in the 90s. I figured it was a presidential thing. He lost to Clinton. Bob Dole will do this. Bob Dole will do that. They're just exchanging long protean strains, according to Uh, the Simpsons. Dole and Clinton. uh, Clinton? So here we are. More Simpsons references. Let's rate this puppy. Shannon, the most important thing. What is your experience with this film... Up until, you know, 90 days ago. I don't know the last time you watched it before your most recent one. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I hadn't seen it in years going into this rewatch. What, would, what was your first time you watched it, though? Oh, I watched yeah. this as a kid. Yeah. And like um, five out of five, like greatest thing. Yeah, as a kid, I probably gave it five out of five disappearing pigs. Um, nice. Going into this weekend, I was like... Let's be realistic, Shannon. You're a sophisticated filmmaker now. You know, it's probably only four out of five disappearing <laughs> pigs. But having watched it yesterday, I was like, no, five out of five. Wow. Bold. I like it. Okay. Yeah. It is what it is. I be who I be. 
Mm-hmm. Five out of five. And yeah. I'll tell you all the reasons why. We're, we're going to dig into this puppy like yeah. all the way through. Yeah. So okay. you're going to hear I have notes. quite an argument. And I'm sure both of us have notes. I hope you have more extensive notes. I tried to take like a small amount of notes for this episode. I like it always to be, gets a little nervous. I'd like it to be noted that I don't take notes. <laughs> right. He does not. And he does because an excellent it job. it takes way too long if I take notes. Too. <laughs> I do pause a lot. Oh, I didn't have to pause. I, I paused and ran it back a couple times the first time. Oh, I just paused to go pee. But sure. I'm, I'm also, I don't know how, how many times you guys have seen this. Well, let's get into it. Paul, first experience with this movie. I definitely saw this as a child. I almost for sure saw it at my Aunt Loney's apartment because they rented it on the VHS, on the Magnavox. In the, in the big old clamshell? Right. Yeah. And I remember really being pretty enthralled by it. It was one of those movies that I liked it as a kid. I didn't feel an urgency to go back to it, but Mm -hmm. I remember really liking it and watching it again in my, must have been my 40s, 20s, something, and thinking like, this is a pretty good sword and sorcery movie. So it went from like a three and a half tabby cats to a three tabby cats in that little genesis there. Ben, what was your first experience was this the first time for you again no it wasn't the first time i've but i hadn't seen i didn't see this movie when i was a kid i came to this movie probably when i was in college i watched it with some friends all your friends that were a little kid my old friends little kid (laughs) and i probably would have given it three i was gonna say pigs but you stole mine (laughs) She so, didn't steal it from me. She was just no, she in stole line it. first for that one. We didn't play Cinephile. I'm going to say three baby wigs. Okay. Baby wigs? Yeah, that's a wig on the baby. Okay. That's got to be a red wig, right? It's a wig. Okay. And just looked it up and saw that they applied it with syrup because Aww. the adhesive would not like would harm a baby skin. Sure, sure. So they use syrup to apply them. So they could dissolve it with like warm water and baby shampoo yeah. or whatever. So yeah, I watched it at a friend's a house who wasn't a little kid, but the little kid who wears a wig. Uh, <laughs> ben is very obsessed with wigs, especially were, like it's a good one. I mean, her little curls—they were twins, right? Yeah, they were yeah. twins. Yeah. Oh, they're adorable. I they're thought it. Was, I was like, it's got to be Bryce Dallas Howard, right? <laughs> His kids, but it was just a wig. <laughs> She's um, so yeah, that was my first experience. Should I talk about my most recent? Yeah. Uh, so I, I actually had watched this movie fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched it. I think. In 2021 or two, when right before the series came out, I rewatched it to get ready for the series. So it wasn't like a brand new rewatch for me, mm-hmm. but I did in this most recent rewatch, I did appreciate it a lot more. Post series, I didn't finish so this. I, I didn't finish the series. Yeah. To be frank, I I, I found can it kind I still of boring. Be Paul? What can I still be, Paul? Uh, sure, if you're going to be Frank, yeah, cool. Um, I get it. But this time around, like, I had a lot of fun with it. And I was thinking about why I didn't – I was thinking of that era. And, like, for me, the movie that I think of is, like, Princess Bride as being Mm. the thing that – like, that fantasy gap for me. I really enjoyed it this time, though. And I bumped up a half. So I went up to three and a half baby wigs. I think there's a lot of things that are obviously, like, versions of another thing, you know, like – Clearly, George Lucas has read Lord of the Rings, you know, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. we do comps. Yeah. So, but anyway, <laughs> it happens. That, that's where I'm at, Paul. For me, it's two and a half tabby cats. 
Like I, the the ones that the brownie fell in love with? Correct. Okay. Great. Or the tabby cat that I have. He's a mustard tabby cat. If you're one of the three people that follow me on Instagram, you saw that my cat was fascinated by this movie. To the point that, like, the menu was just rolling. I went to the restroom. I went took a peek. I came back and kind of, like, meant to hit the back button, hit the start button. And the cat had been kind of going crazy for a little bit. And he sat back in front of the fucking TV. So the movie rolled <laughs> twice. And he absolutely loved it, which made me love it a little bit more. Ben, you mentioned a lot of comps. I like sword and sorcery movies and I don't know how big that genre is. There are a lot of movies in that genre though, that are not as good as this movie. Yeah. And then are other movies that are dungeons and dragons from 2023, which was like something very specific. Something. I thought of that a lot when I was watching this. So did I, or like yeah. the Northman or like I've mentioned uh, flesh and blood, the Paul Verhoeven film from way back. Yeah. yeah. I wrote that Tira's lean feels like a D and D night. Like, is this part of the campaign, you know, like the battle for Tira's lean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, From this specific era, it's like, I really like Lady Hawk with Matthew Broderick and Michelle Pfeiffer. But it's a solid, like, two and a half star movie. I was not as entertained as the cat, but I was like, I was entertained. It's a fun, like, light movie. You want to jump into the top of the movie and start talking through it? Yeah. So Roger Ebert gave it. 2.5 2.5 stars and said it didn't have a light heart. Hmm. And I obviously disagree with all due respect. Rest in peace. I also think Peter Jackson likes this movie because I I, mm-hmm. I I saw a lot of like design elements that he borrowed. I, I said that uh, the Nelwyn's homes walked. So, you know, bag end could run. <laughs> it, it feels like the Shire. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. 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 It's Start the movie. Start the movie. And now, our feature presentation. It's a movie that is dark in terms of some of the themes or like physically in the movie. It's a little bit dark. It's lit a little bit dark. I think it's supposed to be. And we touched on this when we talked about Land Before Time and some other things. There are things that came out specifically in the 80s that are like you better like strap in because like you're going to have a rough fucking time. And this is one of those movies that actually isn't really a real super fucking rough time. It's got a couple things, but it's fun. It's mostly it's just kind of like a light little adventurous romp that isn't anything crazy new or crazy complicated. It just is. Yeah. We could, we could start at the beginning. Yeah. Let's, let's pour one out for Ethna, (laughs) the midwife. Oh, yeah. What is the title card that comes up that oh, says... Kill the says, Babies? It is a time of dread. A time of dread. <laughs> kill the Babies. It is a time of dread. Like, how fucking cool We are in dark time. Like, it sets you up. The movie is dark. The premise of the movie is all and of the female babies will die. Killing babies. <laughs> yes. To be fair, they were checking the arms of the babies. Not the genitals. Oh, I thought, like, something... Probably it was just any baby. I thought it was something about, like... Somebody said, like, is it a girl? Well, like, yes, at a point. Yeah. So they knew that a female, that a what girl. Was going to be the princess? Is that what Was going to well, take down she, the evil queen. She was going to become a princess, but she wasn't actually of royal birth because they were looking at just any. Is this just a prophecy? Female. Yeah. Mm. And. Um, what is happening over the my pain. house? 
<laughs> do 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 do. Billy, <laughs> get off my wing. <laughs> Poor Shannon's like listen to the fall episode, and she's like, "What the fuck is going?" We hadn't on? lost our minds. So we hadn't lost our minds by that point. <laughs> it's mostly my fault. We've lost our minds now. But as you were saying, like the midwife, I mean, she must be running for weeks because that baby is well, quite went, a bit older. And she went from woods to snow. Yeah, to, yeah. Know, I mean, she traverses every terrain. Yeah. She does. She was brave. And, and she, she was clever. The mm. dogs in costumes are running after her. So some Those of them are, are Rottweilers in costumes and some of them are mechanical creatures. Oh, really? Yeah. Probably the close-ups the are close-ups mechanical. close-ups are mechanical. Uh, okay. And they trained two Rottweilers. Yeah, to be those those hellhounds. I thought those were good. I thought they did a good job adding like the rat tail and kind of yeah. being like, oh, what exactly Was is it Jim Henson? This? Did they design that? Oh, that's a good question. It was uh, Dennis Murin's like ILM. ILM, yeah. so, like, mm-hmm. I think that was who was nominated anyway okay. for yeah. Viz. And it, it is a nice little like world building touch where it's, it's just cool. like, look at these rat dogs yeah. that are vicious. These rats of unusual <laughs> R-O-U-S's. <size>. Nothing feels <laughs> Rodents. too outlandish or too crazy otherworldly. Like yeah. it's pretty approachable. Just enough. And I love that she puts the baby on a little patch of dirt and like sends it off. And then Bay she gets Moses. fucking gnarled. And then and, and, <laughs> and Alora Dannon sees it. She gets the baby was like, oh shit. They, they show the baby's, the baby's I have to say, the baby's acting on close-ups. Dude. I don't know who is like coaching the baby to look at things or like make those facial expressions but they were so good her, third her, best actor yeah like her expression <laughs> with every time with mad mardigan was so good her single eyebrow raise you know is perfect yeah that was like those were cute twins yeah i think the editing of this movie especially how they edit that baby like yeah. that some of the editing is rough for me throughout the movie but the way they edit in the baby and use the baby for levity yeah. is They're, really the effective inserts are great I love that it had the freaking Star Wars swipes and stuff. These, it, I, I, it made me realize I don't actually Star wipe. <laughs> know if that happens, if that was just a product of the time or if that's a product of Lucas. You know, Star wipe. It took me out a little bit where I was like, oh, it's got this Hidden Fortress Star Wars wipe thing that happens. And then I started thinking about that where I'm like in the rabbit hole of like, why is this in this Ron Howard movie if George Lucas is like story produced? What's... How much is he sprinkling on? What's Lucas's involved? I don't know. Yeah. Anyone who would have seen Willow before Star Wars, I don't know that we would have noticed the mm. different wipes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. but because they're so iconic with Star Wars. I'll be frank. I Again, I'll be frank, if that's okay. <laughs> you may. I didn't notice them. Okay. Great. It, it had straight up the like side wipes. It yeah. had mm-hmm. one that did the, you know, the going in on the. I saw that the, one. Yet, like. Yep. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. They definitely grabbed me either way, but like Willow plucks the baby when the baby hits. It's land, such a cute sequence when his kids find it and they're yeah. like, "She's so cute." Yeah, his kids are so cute. Those yeah. little actors are adorable. They're, the marriage between them is oh my god, I love Kaya. Is really adorable. So much. You're like I love that rooting family. for them, their family. So we meet Willow, we meet Kaya, we meet their kids. They're a little farm, and we meet this fucking asshole. Uh, dude. <laughs> Burgle. Bur- Burgle cut. Burgle cut. <laughs> Burgle cut. What the a names name. are incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, I'd like to read off some of the names. Please do. Could I? Okay. Burgle cut. Migosh. Oh, yeah. Um, Is Migosh the Samwise? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, okay. but not. Like, not Sam- as brave. Samwise would never sure. yeah, <laughs> be true. like, 
okay, well, good luck. I'm going Good luck, home. bro. I'm out. <laughs> they <laughs> got burritos. We made it to the town <laughs> of Bree, back. and I'm out of here. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's okay, me, gosh. I, you know, I understand. Um, yeah, so those are those are Nelwyn names, right? And then we get to, like, Bav Morda. Alora Dannon. But the the you know. names of the characters are Mad Ma- Ma- Mad Mardigan, and that's not name. he's not like Mardigan who's crazy. Full na- his name is Mad Mardigan. Yeah, there's no space. There's it's no just space. Mad Mardigan. Mad, Mad Mardigan, Mardigan. <laughs> which I love. And then of course Finn Rizel, the sorceress. Mm. That's who I named my dog after, and she's called Zell for short. So they're in their little. What's the name of the their village? Um. Oh, I don't know their village name. I just know they're they're Nelwyn. People. They're Nelwyn, and they find the baby, and they call the baby a a daikini. Daikini, yeah. <laughs> which I what I also love, and I feel like we don't see very often, is so many. Forgive me for lack of a better term, but little little people, yeah. being in a movie together where they're not playing like yes, the heroes, yeah, you know, heroes. Well, there were two hundred and fifty of them. Getting so much work. Said it was the largest casting call for little people that had ever occurred. Yeah, people and, under four feet. Yeah, and it's not. I don't hate Return of the Jedi, and I don't hate the Ewoks, and oh, so we it's just one saw of those, Retur- we saw Return of the Jedi in the theater. Yeah, and it's it's, it's nice to see folks that normally are in these like costumes or like uh-huh. Warwick Davis was the Leprechaun, like like you were saying, like these people get to play the heroes mm-hmm. and. What a great job. Work Davis does in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean. Oh, he's I, darling. And like, I mean, I love the Lord of the Rings series, but like, this is what the hobbits are described as being. Mm-hmm. Peter Jackson went through a lot of the magic of showing the hobbits to the regular sized people. You know what I mean? Like, there, there is a place where you could cast little people as sure. hobbits. And I think that this obviously predates it by quite a bit, but I thought it was really cool to see that sort of diversity in casting. Mm-hmm. It gives them... Oh, and the guy from Bad Santa's in this. Yes. He's uh, one of the warriors. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he has any lines. I think, I don't think so. Tony, I should look up his name. Yeah. But he's, he's fucking great in Bad Santa. And like all the warriors from this village are kind of introduced. There's a festival and a new kind of apprentice for the village leader is going to be chosen. High Aldwin. Right, the High Aldwin. <laughs> He's also you. like a sorcerer. Yes. Right. And Willow's a magician, like a street magician. He want, yeah, he wants to be. Right. <laughs> and, and like we are told very upfront, hey, magic is something if you believe hard enough that it is something. And that is the key. Yeah. Like I, I don't think they ever explain like – you have to say these specific words or do this specific thing or whatever. They just say, act it hard enough and it'll, until, if you want it, it'll, like Green Lantern. It isn't until he Intention. gets the wand that he has to get the words right. Does he have to get... He does for certain spells. Hmm. Um, and does he explain so too, Yeah. Like, okay. Rizal, Rizal explains it. Yeah. Okay, my fault. Yeah. Um, hey, I, that's great. I, I missed that it. detail. He had to get it right. I, I have one of them written down, you know, like, you know, when he's trying to do... Tuatha, uh, what's next? And she's like, Loctuar, that's the word that pleads for change. Oh, you're you know? right. Like, that's so Shit. cool. Yeah. I did know? just fully miss that detail. <laughs> I really did. Well, the R-O-U-S's come storming into the castle or the village, I mean. The dog, yes. like the dog type creatures. Yes. The Which, rodents of unusual size. The, hell, and, the hellhounds. And they've established this threat. That these are what's hunting. They've been hunting this Athena baby. and the baby. And they start Cannon. this like, they. Do, well, first, Willow doesn't get picked to be a sorcerer because uh-uh. he doesn't follow his heart. His heart. Yeah, he doesn't believe right. in himself. And so we introduce the character's weakness, which is not believing that they're 
capable of doing something. That's his hero's journey. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys know the answer? I mean, if, you, if you'd seen the film recently, could you remember what the answer was with the High Aldman's I thought I remembered correctly, you know, like, yeah. Which finger? We're in the same pocket yeah. here, yeah. Great. Yeah. I do like that there is this, like, hero's journey that essentially, like, leads to, like, you were always enough. Yes. Which is, like, a fun, nice little message. Yes. And it kind of gives me goosebumps, especially, for me at least, like, emotional goosebumps, especially when it comes between him and his family and his wife. Yes. Like, for them, he's always been enough. They, well, and that they've established, more, yeah, know? very clearly that, like, he's got, like, a happy, stable home life with a wife and children and blah, blah, blah. And he's decided... I'm actively going to take on this quest of keeping this baby away from this horrible woman and taking her where she needs to go so she can save us all. And I I loved the tenderness. You know, the High Alduin gave Willow a choice. Do you have any love for this child? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Willow's sweet, loving heart. Well, first, they're just going to go give it to a random person. Daikini. She should be with her. I think their thought is like she should be with her people or something. I'm just, what's his name? Bert, Bert. Burgle cut. Burgle cut. Burgle cut. Uh, is that the name of his haircut? This episode <laughs> is brought to you by Bad Cul-de-Sacs. <laughs> That's a Raskin oh, Bobbins if I've ever seen one. We did an episode one. about that. It was called The Burbs. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You did. Good point. Um, burgle cut. Can I get the burgle cut, please? <laughs> Man. I don't know how he added more hair He's on. He's the only took, person who would ask for that, too. You, which you is, cut the hair off the easy. top and they add it to the back of your, <laughs> <laughs> your hair. So the it's just cut. the burgle cut. It's a pretty it's pretty rough. He decides he's going to leave the village with burgle cut and, and the, the warriors, warriors. And he's given those acorns. Yes. The magic acorns that will turn anything to stone. To stone. And as long as he uh, it's like reiterated, like believe hard enough. And, and we see that you he, will achieve. Yeah. And the, the leader of the village like picks up a rock and says, follow the bird. And the bird like fucks off and goes somewhere else. Well, right. the bird goes back to the village and he's like, ignore the bird, follow the river. <laughs> I think the jokes in this are pretty funny and silly. The only times that it kind of starts to wear on me are the uh, Kevin Pollock, the little guys. Yep. Me oh, the too. Brownies. I, I start calling them Mary and Pippin. <laughs> but I think those are their comps. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's mostly like the sound, like the the, the audio. The pitch. Yeah. yeah. Me too. I agree. But anyway, they're on their quest and they're out and they're going to go find someone to give this baby to. I did laugh when Willow's like, we have to stop. The baby's sick. And bad cold to sat. Burgle cut is like, ah, shut up. I got it. And she just pukes all over. Oh, him. yeah. That got me. Yeah. He for gets, sure. He also gets shat on by a bird later. Both substances go in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it. He got but that haircut. I didn't think of it that way. Hmm. <laughs> I did not think of and it that way. And they're being hunted by the Nazgul? Essentially. <laughs> okay. Essentially. Uh, An army of baddies. Yeah. Yes. And we come upon Mad Mardigan. Mad Mardigan. In a crow's cage. Oh. And what his I, teeth are disgusting. His teeth are great. He, he brushes them. We do find later that he uses something to clean them, right? And well, they get cleaner he, and more beautiful well, through the no, movie. He brushes them in the um, crow's, crow's cage. cage. Yeah. yeah. Before well, he, he gets the black root. He just wants water. Yeah. Right. They do a great job of introducing him where you're like, I don't know if I do trust this guy. Yeah. He'll say anything. Yeah. And like <laughs> the comps for me for that character, at least ultimately, are what if Aragorn was Han Solo? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Damn, yeah. I feel, did not think of it that way. That's what it felt. That's what it feels like to me. And I feel like Val Kilmer is really charismatic and really funny. Yeah. And then when he's in the action, he's really like 
fun to he's got great physicality and we talk a lot about him in the episode we did of his it's the pegasus running up to you yeah. on the screen here real genius especially in this like time frame where he was yeah. just he was just killing it king of the world man yeah he's fucking great i for me performance wise it's him the queen and i shit you not the baby <laughs> i think that baby is so damn good I, that, and i know that's a lot of that is editing well that baby's wonderful <laughs> so he's in the cage and this is where they're at an impasse because uh burgle cut wants to give the baby to this potentially murderer in a yeah. cage and Willow is very protective. We're learning Willow has a really big heart and doesn't want to like just let go of this baby to just anybody. And then the army passes by and they're on their way to some sort of battle, right? It's the good army though. This is yes. Arik's army yes. who is uh, – Eric the Red is what uh, I just kept thinking. I, that, sure, that's a good comp. <laughs> yeah, you know, classic yeah. character Eric the Red. But Mad Mardigan and he are like, they know each other, if yes. nothing else. They're old acquaintances. They've fought with each something. They're not enemies. Right. But this is where we learn that Mad Mardigan doesn't serve ideals, you know. So Eric's clearly signed up. He's, you know, he's he's a patriot. Like, he's signed up for the army. He's going to fight with one entity against this other entity, you know, and... Kind of sounds like Han Solo. I like that about Matt. I do. Yeah, I no, feel like he too. does have ideals, especially, mm-hmm. or at least he finds ideals, yes. especially in the opportunity to protect Absolutely. this child. I do like that he also like tells Eric, or Eric says like you you don't commit yourself to any like man or country or whatever, and he's like no, but I'm not a piece of shit. Yeah. Like he seems to be guided by some sort of moral compass, although he will like fuck a dude's wife or whatever, apparently, which that's not great. But, but he they release Mad Mardigan and <laughs> give the baby to him. And Willow's like, I think that was I don't think we should have done that. Like, I got a funny feeling. And his friend's like, all right, dude, I'm out. <laughs> Enter the brownies. Riding on an eagle. Riding on an eagle, carrying the baby, screaming in their French accents. I stole the baby. Yeah, why the French accent? I I stole the baby from the stupid Dakini. I like, so one of the things that I appreciated this time in particular was we're living in the world of pioneer on these effects. Yes. And they don't hold up. You know what I mean? Right. I appreciate the attempt. The attempt. Yeah, you got a swing. I watched the behind the scenes today and they're like, we used an effect called a blue screen. <laughs> you know, like now we can all do that with our phones. Like, right. Yeah. Instagram yeah. does that for us. We don't even have to know how to use After Effects or anything nope. anymore. And they were probably rotoscoping them in when they're little, like writing on them, like they used to do the lightsabers. So they're very clearly not there. But I don't know. There's something. There's something quaint about the effects. They created for me. it, so I can't judge them. Like you go make a Hydra, you know, and not yeah. use your iPhone. That thing was really cool. How are cool. you going to do it? That know? thing was cool. <laughs> I wish. I don't know how to say this. Well, choose your words very carefully. I know, right? I've already <laughs> crossed some lines. So, I just really enjoy sword and sorcery movies if they hit the right zone. And that was the thing, like, for me, as Ben saying, there's certain things about this movie, similar eras or kind of similar effects or whatever. Army of Darkness is worn very well on me. And I forgive a lot of problems that movie has that I feel like I don't want to give, like, the same rope to this movie. Maybe because I didn't laugh as much or whatever it is. But we're talking about, like, rotoscoping and, like, doing uh, making effects of, like, 
you know, people that are average size look like they're essentially almost microscopic or whatever. The a scene of capture that's similar that Army of Darkness maybe lifts a little from this, as we've talked about things lifting from this movie, right? Or this movie lifting from things where I guess like just like the little people essentially getting dispersed uh, from capturing Willow and his homie by like a fairy that's like copyright Disney's Tinkerbell showing up and being like, don't. And the, like a lot of these convenient things happen. Well, I think the brownies work for them. Oh, the brownies, oh, the brownies serve Shalindria. Right. I don't think I knew that before we got to that point. Did I think I? one of the things is also brownies are a well-known folklore. Yeah. Like yeah. Irish folklore brownies. They're like tricksters. And I think that to me at least tuned me in to go, oh, they, they serve this fairy. That's where I came from. I just looking at the movie – on its own without having a folklore background. You thought it was like a deus ex machina <laughs> or something? No, but it was just like when she shows up, I don't expect her necessarily to show up mm. in the movie. I don't remember that being explained to me. And a lot of things just either feel like under or overdone where it's like things seem too convenient or what have you. Because they say that uh, the brownies have been searching for a Laura Dannon for Sherlindria to because she's trying to protect her. That's all said in the movie. Don't doubt it. Like I said, I've there you are things that I attention. have <laughs> missed and will n- again. I was partially fascinated by the fact that my cat was so mesmerized by this movie. <laughs> I will say, for me, Princess Bride is like four and a half, maybe oh, five. Boy, yeah. I was trying to see why this didn't hit that for me, and I think ultimately it's really simple. The structure in Princess Bride of the telling the story forgives so many things you mm. immediately yeah. are opening yourself up to letting the fairy tale have easy fixes have things that happen out of they can be whatever in this structure and i think that for me is the one reason why i'm not at a, a four or higher mm. again i've said this so many times three and a half high score for me uh, you could come up it's a high, it's a high I score say the same. i could say the same we could say, we'll see we'll see we'll, we'll see, see what happens. Happens. oh we're the brownies this is how we talk <laughs> The brownies, yeah. Also, like this movie is a lot of journey, which is fine, but it's a lot of journey. I feel like people are walking and talking. It's Lord of the Rings a lot, and that's great. But when people are walking and talking a lot, I prefer something that I guess is like more Sorkin, like walking in a circle in an office, talking like uh, uh, snappy nonsense, (laughs) like about like coffee or whatever as to where like things that sometimes like i've never been able to get through game of thrones because it does too much world building (laughs) as to where like oh and like you laugh but it's like i've never met a single person who loved the two last seasons and you may be an exception to that Uh, but it's like the final three episodes were unforgivable and i don't even have time to get into i can't watch an entire series and and then be set up for that can't do it i will not invest the time that's fair that's because they ran out of material to adapt from well and that's the thing is then why did they keep going and I like, and I understand like George R. R. Martin has been saying for years, I'll finish the books. Please. He apparently said that again this year. No doubt. 2023. I read but, those books and I watched the series. So all creatures of good heart need your help. Oh, that was How good. How beautiful is that clarion it, call? It's the call to adventure. Yes. Spoken like that. I feel like that's what there are nonprofits in our world, you know, that just yeah. put that on their website, you yeah. know, all creatures of good heart need your help. I love it. Yeah, and it's a great. We now know what the actual mission is mm-hmm. for and Willow. And I going back to your observation about how um, how Willow cast little people. 
like you can see that it's not as easy for Warwick Davis to run as it is for Elijah Wood to run, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you can see how, how much more frightening it would be to be a Nelwyn in this world where Daikini armies are at battle, Daikini sorcerers, like these huge, literally they call them giants. Yeah. Giants. Um, I love that they call them giants just for a moment because yeah. I feel like that puts us into the perspective of yeah. them for the first time. It's so much more frightening. He's a farmer, you know, like it, it never felt as frightening for Luke Skywalker to leave Tatooine, you know, sure. it feels of it. He's an adult man. Like and his family's dead <laughs> well, and he's a pilot, you know, well, like I know that he's a farm boy and he's young, <laughs> you know, he's 18. The difference between him setting off and Willow setting off. You can really see the Well, he also doesn't get up a choice because his aunt and uncle are burnt. Yeah, I, I'm not right. trying to put down Star Wars. Well um, done, Luke was Chris. the first hero's journey person that came to mind. Mm. Um, sure. And, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, too. And, like, this world is terrifying. And we learned that early on when they go out. And now, like, what I do like about this movie, too, is that it just keeps layering more fantastical elements in. As we get, like, more of the brownies. Yeah. And to the opposite side of a coin, everybody's giant to them. Yeah. And they don't mm-hmm. give a fuck. That's like, true. I, like, they just fucking go buck wild or whatever. And they're like and, magic and tricksters. And-, and and that's the thing is, like, they do their due diligence with a lot of things, like, in terms of, like, the love dust or whatever, how the Kevin Pollock falls in love with the cat. Yeah. So um, we get to the bar. They're, yeah. They're the uh, and yeah. no one wants to give milk to a baby, because, like, mostly because it's being carried by, like, a peck. Right. Which is a slur, and, I believe. Like, things like that, again, where I think people take those moments that are dark and maybe go, it's so fucking dark. And it's like, but that's also sometimes the world. Or I mean, it's like, like a biker bar somewhere, right? Right. And, and it's it's just one of those things where, I don't know, I don't find any of this movie unpalatable. And so as we were talking about, like, people giving thumbs down, where I'm like, but why exactly? As I gave this a two and a half, where I'm like, I know. perfectly fine. It's perfectly watchable. Yeah. But, like, why hate on it? I don't That I don't understand. And I, I do think, like, the bar, again, was, like, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, he yeah. goes into it to find help. And these yeah. people are just like... For a baby. For a baby. <laughs> and they're like, no, thanks. But we get to... I love Kevin Pollock falling in love with a cat. <laughs> Me too. That's great. But I <laughs> but I love that we get back to Mad Mardigan. I also love that the dust... It's not love dust. It's like... Mm. The dust of broken hearts. That's what they call oh, it. Oh, nice. Like, broken, yeah. The dust of broken hearts. Yeah. Let me find. I, man, I wish I, it's weird. I We all pick and choose like what details. Sure. Right. And, dust of broken heart. And it's like so many things, like depending on what it is, will float over my head. Sure. Like, I won't lie. <laughs> I just love it that, <laughs> I don't know why I'm spending so much time on this. It's, it's not love dust. It's going to break your heart. It's going to break someone's heart. Of broken heart. It is. It's a more creative name in general. Yeah. Like, yeah. Love dust doesn't tell you really. I mean, it tells yeah. you. It's, it's uh, not love potion number nine. But love dust. Right. But broken heart <laughs> leaves some room for interpretation. Mm-hmm. I like it's, how it's mayhem. how mean not knowing the details is like pissing people off. <laughs> well, Paul, you're too stoned all the time. I'm not anymore as much. But also, like, <laughs> it's like I paid attention to this movie, I promise you. It's just one of those things, like, some things I just missed. And I know nobody's pissed off at me, by the way. But it's just like... I'm, I'm really mad at you. But, like, I, I'm mad Martigan at you. And, and that's the thing, is, like, when Poochie's not on screen, I'm saying, where's Poochie? I always want to know what he's doing. And there he is, dressed in drag. And he's fucking killing it. Yeah. Who's Poochie? Val Kilmer. 
Uh, I've been doing some thinking, and I got some ideas to improve the show. Uh, One, Hoochie needs to be louder, angrier, and have access to a time machine. Two, whenever Poochie's not on screen, all the other characters should be asking, where's Poochie? Yeah, yeah. so there's a big kerfuffle, you know, with a runaway cart chase and Mad Mardigan steps in to help Well, first he meets, yeah, because he meets, what's her name? Sorsha. Sorsha. Yeah. Does she? No, she's not here yet. Yeah, she comes to the bar. She finally has, like, shown up as, like, Lunk, the husband of the woman that well, Val Kilmer was We forgot with. to jump to the castle, the evil castle. Oh, right. Yeah, She tells her, like, go find the baby and sends her yeah. daughter and the big old yeah, and skull Kale's man. like, your daughter's going to betray you. And Balmort is like, what? She'd never. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> Whoopsie-doo. The score had been mentioned. Oh. This yeah. is where it starts to really hit a zone for me. Oh, really I, works for me. I love love it's delightful i love this this is one of the few scores that can compare with john williams it it's is magical it is magical yeah he hits that like that iron kind of swords and sorcery thing like that iron mm-hmm. banging like in his james horner way yeah but like so fucking well in this movie god the score's good <laughs> every time i think of james horner i just think of the mummy great score it's a great score the mummy Great movie. We've mentioned some of my favorite. Um, what is to film as you know? Anthem is to music. Um, what is to film as anthem is to music? Yeah. Uh, Top Gun. There. <laughs> what, well, I guess what I'm saying is like um, there are there are certain films that are like made for. Uh, made for bisexual audiences. <laughs> like The Mummy. The Mummy. Yeah. Princess Bride. The Mask of Zorro. Willow. Mask of Zorro. Those movies yes. fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where you're all just like on, on both ends. I just, everyone's all, I, hot. all of you. I love all of you yeah. so much. All great. Everyone's hot. Everyone. Gotta bone them. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking anyway. of hot, this is when Willow finally realizes like, you're a wizard, Ari, where he's like fucking around with the wand and like, Pops up onto the tree, right? Well, that's like after they escape. Yeah, they escape the the chase. Yeah. yeah, the big old chase, which is actually really well shot. And I was that thinking was the about, music I was talking about. Yeah, like, yeah, through that. And like Ron Howard, in most of his movies, when you see chases, he shoots those really well. Mm. I think he does it really well in Rush. I think mm. I actually think the opening to Solo, that's a really well shot chase mm. scene. I like that movie. I think that movie's alright. I like the movie too, and I want to know what's going on with Kira. So. I think that movie's all right. Like, yeah. I am probably the one person who's like, Star Wars, meh. Like, that's in this group. And I know I'm going to probably continue to get, like, absolutely destroyed by people. And I'm okay with but that. Solo, but Solo is a fine but movie. I think that is a fun little adventure movie. It's, like, and it's fine. And it I doesn't like take itself too seriously. Too many Star Wars fans were like, yeah, but it's not. It's not. Well, he gets like, his name is fucking dumb. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, <laughs> that is I didn't dumb. like. But that is dumb. That's a very anyway. specific. But. Yeah, that's like that's like when Nick Fury, how he lost his eye. Didn't love that either. Well, there was a oh, bunch boy. of stuff in that in Solo that did that, where it was like, this is how he got his gun. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. We, we didn't need that. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're not children. Or are we? You're <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you're a little kid. <laughs> All my friends are anyway. But yes, we get to the little campfire and yeah. he uses the wand and he pops into the tree. I love that Mad Mardigan calls Alora Dannon sticks. <laughs> yeah, what was that yeah. about exactly? It's just so cute. He just calls her sticks. He starts to endear himself to the baby. Like, <laughs> yeah, we see that he has... That's what his mom gave We him. see that he has heart and he's not yeah. just... 
but he is a roguish knave oh, yeah. or <laughs> right. a knavish rogue. One of the two. I yeah. like the little Blackroot piece too. Like when Willow's like, what are you doing? Like you when they're both trying to give Blackroot to a baby, you know, and yeah. he's like, my mother raised us on this. How dare you? Mad Mardigan fighting for his mom. Like, and God knows what, <laughs> what that relationship upbringing is. Mad yeah. Mardigan, great wig. Oh man. Oh, and die, like die and extent, whatever yeah. it is. He looks great. Yeah. <laughs> he, he looks, looks great. great. Yeah. He looks great. Yeah. So give, f- give me a man with braids sure. and a dress that's pink sure. and that's you know, been turned into. I watched this with my wife, Jessica Aaron Martin. And oh, she, she's great. Yeah. I don't know if you saw her in Oppenheimer, but she's great. No big deal. I uh, did see her yeah, in Oppenheimer. She uh, was great. She's great. She's yeah. great. She's great. She was like, I can't believe he did this right after Top Gun, which I think. Yeah. Which is, I, I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Which is funny to think of. He mm. was he was just on that sharp incline. Yeah, he really was. Yeah, and remember, this is after Star Wars as well. Yeah. So he's... Oh, wait. You're talking Lucas. You're talking Kilmer. Yes. I was talking about I'm talking Kilmer. Kilmer. Wait, Kilmer, Star Wars. Because So he's I'm doing lost. this after Star Wars was made. Oh, and okay. And huge. And then he did Top Gun, and he's like, yeah, the team... The team that's making oh, I see Star Wars. Oh, like, got yeah, it. Of okay. Join yeah. in on this, Ron Howard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. No, 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 for sure. It, but yeah. also, like, it's just, it just interesting. It's just a di- like a different side of him that you wouldn't expect, I guess. Yeah. A different like trope of a character. A lot of the things. He's great. I mean, he's really de- he can play so many things. But I, my heart still breaks for Val Kilmer these oh, right man. now because his documentary <sighs> is what I a- I have so much love and respect for him. Yeah. Same. And, I mean, we mentioned Top Gun Maverick. I love how they honored him in that. And that Tom wouldn't come back unless they did that. Mm-hmm. He could have been so fucking big if he wanted to, depending on what he wanted to sign. But he wanted to make shit that he cared about. We've talked about this very briefly. He made a movie called Thunderheart with Sam Shepard. And that movie fucking rules. And he made it in the early 90s. And it's about really important shit that's still important now. And it's a thing that, like, not a lot of big actors at that time would make. And that was a person who, as we have said on this episode, took swings yeah. that people would not take. And we're talking about the level of reverence and respect. And, like, I just want to make sure I mention that. Yeah. Oh, just like Tombstone, oh. The Saint. I, I mm. love Val Kilmer. Yeah. Same. And as I've said, he's my favorite Batman. He's good in that movie. <laughs> So he is delicious. The, uh, Finn, uh, the the great animal sort. Finn she is a what at first, right? A muskrat. She starts out. I don't even know what kind. Just a looked lemur? it up. Just looked it up. It was some sort of kind of Australian possum. <laughs> the animation they do on her mouth is pretty fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, yeah. That's Aust- my favorite effect. It's a marsupial movie, of some kind. It's like an Australian possum of some kind. Okay, and then she becomes a. Then they get. Then they get caught, right? Yeah, because sorsha has been deployed and. Yeah. She grabs him pretty pretty well, quick. And it seems like they think that Mad Mardigan gave him away or he did give him away because he got captured and then he... They keep thinking this and it's never him. Yeah. Like with the baby too. He was taking a pee. They just took her. He didn't just give her away. Yeah. But he turned his back on a baby. Oh, that's true. On a bobbin. Monster. He turned his back on Raskin bobbins. A little bobbin. Which is crazy because my mom would be... I, I think we'd all set a baby down to pee. My mom would be in the shower on the phone making some toast and I would be like in the sink. I'm pretty like while she was smoking a sink. I'm pretty sure. You know what? <laughs> not on day one. On day, on day one, I'm not. On day one, I'm not taking my I'm eyes off with that the baby. Door open, you know, yeah. Like the baby, yeah, sure. Yeah, the baby's right there. I can uh, only imagine. But they get they get caught and they are in those cells and the brownies follow them. 
and he's able to turn her this is this is when Manvard again gets hit by the dust <coughs> of broken heart. Oh yeah, and Finrazel turns into a raven. Yes. Oh my god, and that special effect is one that I repressed. Oh um, yeah. That one's not and bad. And when I had to see it again, <laughs> it freaks me out. There I are there are some like when the uh troll gets yeah, killed, pretty upsetting. Or like turned into like that blob yeah. and then she, he kicks the blob in, into the water. That also is super disturbing. The feather and fur I think disturbs me even more than the troll. It yeah. Was, yeah. That that effect is almost too good. Like especially <laughs> considering how far we are removed from it. <laughs> yeah. Like that that effect is really good. They escape. They're in like the snowy mountains now. But I mean, let's come back. We do need to go faster in yeah. our in our recap, but this is important sure. um, because Val Kilmer, Mad Mardigan gets hit with the dust of Broken Heart, and he lays his eyes on Sorsha. Yeah, and so this is where he <laughs> he beguiles. Her. She's finally getting love for the. She's getting like terms of endearment, you know, words mm-hmm. of affirmation for the first time in her life. I don't know. Yeah, um, right. Who knows what that relationship is with her mom? Seems not great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, I don't know from a modern feminist perspective, I don't love how easily she's disarmed by Mad Mardigan, um, emotionally or physically, you know, considering she's like this strong warrior. But on the other hand, it, it's Mad Mardigan. Um, mm-hmm. And he's coming on very strong, you know, I dwell in darkness. Well, I think I think I do like that he it seems like she she hasn't ever received love. Right. She yeah, she's been she's been raised by this evil sorceress in a time of dread and she is a warrior in the army of Nokmar. So, you know, when all of a sudden this person is is saying I love yeah. you. I do love that she's like a badass like general of this fucking army. I like that it's not only his tongue his words that impress her or like end up selling her it is his like prowess as a yes, warrior and a she killer watches him that she's, she's like yeah i like that i like point, him at this point she's kind of confused and she's right. like not making decisions great which allows them to escape yeah <laughs> and they it's christmas important. vacation sled the fuck away <laughs> well, i was thinking the temple of doom raft down the down oh the yeah <laughs> i do like this shot where he goes where we see mad martigan being a badass where we see Mad Martigan being a badass and Willow's like, oh, wow, he can, he is, he is a, a fight. Yeah. And then the, shot, the shot of Val Kilmer like trying to do the thing with the sword and it like kind of fucks up and he falls down. <laughs> really funny. Yeah. I uh, like that too. But yeah, they slide, they go sledding down the mountain. His and... giant snowball thing is good. Yes. We've got two, we've got two snow fight scenes. Um, Gotta love them. I, I love a snow fight. Oh yeah. And... I love, oh, I have, we haven't mentioned the fact that I love all of the locations yes mostly new zealand and wales, and wales i guess yeah but a lot of it new uh new zealand i Middle guess Earth. as well but yeah i just love i just love things that are shot on location and like being mm-hmm. in a physical environment and it just looks great and i love the the way that you can do fantasy and we talked about this on the fall is by just like one scene they're in a, a jungle or a forest and literally the next moment they're in snow and yeah. that feels magical it does. yes and it yeah. just transports you to somewhere different. It right? does a good job with that. It yeah. really does. Like when when he's tumbling down and is the snowball it's and great. smacks the house yes. and Sorsha and them find them like immediately. But they go from like that snowy area to almost like like to like chasms. To, and to, Yes. The second second snow battle, they're able to escape with the help of Eric's army. They disarm Sorsha and take her hostage mm-hmm. and go through the chasms to Tira's lean. She manages to escape. 
rejoins up with the army of Nakmar as Mad Mardigan and Willow um, prepare to like defend Tira's lean, which was supposed to be their safe space. If we can just get Alora Dan into Tira's lean, a good king and queen will raise her to and it's all fulfill her destiny. Then we get there. We've got elements of Tolkien here. We've got people yeah. frozen. And of course, it's been overrun by trolls, trolls. which are really creepy. And Mad Mardigan finds his... King of Gondor armor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, again, like a very D and D night. You know, they find the armory. He yeah. levels up his weaponry. Mm-hmm. You know, he rolls really high to get that door closed in time. Yes, as or the do, armies roll flying in. They do a good jo- job of just showing how truly capable he is. Like when he puts his mind to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he wants to succeed. Yeah, like he's fucking he catapults relentless. himself into a wall. Yeah, yeah. He is a great word. And he, he he like very quickly finds trap doors and lays mm-hmm. booby traps and oh yeah like, he's prepares ambushes. He's and, John McClaneing the hell out of that. Oh, yeah. He goes full Nightmare on Elm Street. Full yeah, home, <laughs> full Home Alone. Kevin. Yeah, full hit them all. Yeah. Hit them all, everybody. Uh, but of course, it's not enough because it's, it's an army. It's, it's one Daikini, one Nelwyn. But at least and a troll baby. mutates into a giant two-headed monster. Yes, with magic. So yeah, this he, is where we see he Willow screws up his spell Willow pulls again. out his acorns. He you know turns, he drops one. You know, so then he he's trying to use Sherlindria's wand, uh, and he fucks it up again. He, he fucks fucks it up. So he's down to one acorn when we get to the end of the movie. Yeah. That's his last one. Yeah, yeah. I think so. So he doesn't end up actually using any. Really. He, he well, throws he one at the it. witch and she catches it. He uses it, it on Bavmorda and it's it looks like it's going to start to turn her hand to stone. But there's no like payoff She's with that thing, really. She, d- we don't see well, it effectively work. Well, I think we do see it effectively work in that moment. I, w- I would argue okay. that you do. But see- she's too powerful. We, yeah, but, he, but okay. he succeeds at using it. It just doesn't. Or he doesn't believe in it enough. Or well, she she's too powerful. No, I get that. But yes, he doesn't successfully turn any of his enemies to stone. Sorsha and Mad Mardigan, that moment where it's just like you know it's going to happen. It's finally going to happen, yeah. and like they kiss, and that's the thing. Like in sword and sorcery movies, yeah. like there there has to be like that that payoff of like the those two parties like yeah. coming to some sort of like. I love you. I respect you. Whatever it and is. It's true. If you've ever been in a life and death situation with someone who's even like a little bit attractive, <laughs> it is undeniable. So then you put <laughs> these two gorgeous people together. Right. Like, gotta what do we expect them to do? Gotta bone them. I gotta bone them. <laughs> just, yes. They set it up like through the whole movie, especially when. I just really like it when, like, he uses all these words and she's like, well, I like this. <laughs> and then it ultimately is the, like, but are you are you capable? And that's the thing that, like, she does kind of have to be sold on it, I which will, I, I like that. I will say, so we're getting to the point where they're going back to, they get the army and they're going back to the castle, right? Yeah, so they're defeated. The troll gets turned into a cre- creepy dragon, blah, blah, blah. They defeat the dragon. They defeat but the army sex successfully takes Alora Dannon and leaves on horseback. She gets captured a lot. That baby gets captured and taken and moved and bounced always, between parties all also, the time. Also, I have to say, there are moments so where they the baby is very fake. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because the guy is not holding this infant's head. No, I know. At all. I know. You just see like a 
still baby. Yeah. And then there were times, I think it was in the sledding time where <laughs> I paused it and it's, it's the people on the, on, on the sled are just wearing a Warwick Davis and a Falcomer mask. Amazing. <laughs> It looks really. I didn't track that. It looks really. It was, I thought it was. I thought it looks. It look, it's terrifying. That's I did not track that at all. <laughs> well, this, and so this is where um, Willow is having a crisis in confidence. He thinks it's over. He's failed Laura Dannon, and it's Mad Mardigan who builds him back up. Builds him. Can you ride? Let's ride. Yeah. They're going to go rescue Laura Dannon in Mordor. Yeah, because Kale. So Kale is the big bad guy. I feel like we haven't yeah. really talked about because he's skull man. Yeah, because it's just like he skull wears a skull man. and that <laughs> come together. <laughs> we were talking. Is that the the song of Washington? <laughs> skull man. There were a couple things um, that I don't know enough about film history that happened in this battle. That I I wonder if they were done first here or where they were done first. One of them was. You know, Mad Mardigan posturing with his sword and the bad guys fleeing in fear. And then he turns around and he sees oh, that sure. it's because there's a monster I'm, behind him. I'm pretty sure that's something from another movie, but who knows what. Yeah, I wonder who did it first. Um, <laughs> yeah. Another one is like a creature screaming in the hero's face and the hero's Definitely screaming Han Solo. back. Oh, Ooh. oh, a creature. Mm. Yeah, they're th- it's like I can see also in the mummy. running through my it's head. It's the mummy, but of course this was before the mummy. That is the first one that was in my head. I gotta stop pointing yeah. today. I'm pointing. It's a, a great moment, the mummy. It, it is. is. Brendan Fraser, another uh, another like great. Brandon, Where did he go to school? If you're listening to this, and I think you are, <laughs> just know that I love you so much, and I have so much fondness and affection for you. Cornish College of the Arts. Just can't wait to meet. Chosen you one son. Day. Hope we get to work together. Brendan Fraser, or is it Charles Norris? Love you. <laughs> One of them is the chosen. It's son. both, and I'm going to second everything Shannon said yeah. about how fucking amazing that person is. Well, I guess third because you you know last in line it was Brandon me. Fraser. Wow, comes off disingenuous that Just way. The best. Wow. Yikes. And okay. I I was genuine. <laughs> I was genuine. for once. <laughs> First time for everything. <laughs> we were talking about the mummy. I fucking love that Queen. Mordor, Morda. Bavmorda. Bavmorda. <laughs> it is wearing a, a mummy situation underneath her also, cloak. She is just, she's Maleficent. Like her, her, oh, her costume. Oh, you are coming at it with the comps in this one. Her costume is just like straight Maleficent. It, it, it is very. From the cartoon, not from the, not from the movies. Yeah. yeah, that high, the ominous turtleneck And, and like the thing. weird little like yeah. crown slash. The scary crown. Yeah. The demon queen. The pig transformation. Pigs. Ooh. All of you pigs. Pretty solid. Yeah, because the evil queen, the big demonstration of her power is, in my opinion, is turning all these guys into pigs, like, yeah. at her whim. It, yeah. was, it was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Eric's army approaches Nokmar, you know, and doesn't even have the chance to attack or lay siege because all she has to do is with her words and power. And Finn Rizel uses Finn tells, Rizel tells teaches Willow yeah to use the shelter charm to yeah. protect himself. And she he turns Finn Rizel into a goat, and finally into herself. Yes. Right, a, a tiger. It's like a goat, <sighs> ostrich, a turtle a peacock, in there. A turtle, a turtle, a tortoise, a tortoise. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, back to these you know special effects that that they were very proud of their metamorphosis effect which they created. Yeah, to mm. be able to do this and. 
there's I think one of the problem one of the connective tissue issue. <laughs> <laughs> One of the connective tissue issues I have with this movie. Do you need a CK moist highlight? I do, yeah. Okay. Is just I feel like once the connection happens, once we get the betrayal of Sorsha on her mom, her character kind of becomes sidelined. Yeah. And like it doesn't become a bigger like she should be the one she literally lived in this castle. Like she should be leading this army. When they're talking about like how what are we gonna do? It's like, well, why don't we talk to the person who fucking just came from there? Yeah, she probably knows the back. Door. She probably knows everything <laughs> we need to know about this place. Yeah. And that's one of my – Jess was saying the same thing where it was like, why Why isn't her mom – like, why aren't they talking right now? Like, why isn't there a bigger thing about this betrayal? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that, so that that for me is like – I feel like her character kind of gets a little, a little – bit missing. Yeah. The, the feminism flies up and dissipates. Although we do get two old ladies punching each other, which we is do. pretty yeah. awesome. We do. We do. How often do you get that? Yeah. That is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's tough in those final battles to give everybody someone to fight. Yeah. Uh, to give everyone their moment, you know. Because you I, have to have that classic final battle where you get the yeah. the big bads have to go down. Yeah, and I agree that Sorsha doesn't really get. Mm. Sorsha should have taken down Skull Man. Yeah. Kale kills Eric. Mm-hmm. And then Mad Mardigan goes crazy, cracks the skull mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he runs up the stairs. Right. They they have like a little dance. Yeah. He finally does kill Kale. Yeah. But he like he has to hit him with two swords? Yeah. Well, and he has, another? He has, a, he has that, um. what are they called? Like a gauntlet. Yeah. But that has like a blade on it that gets yeah. broken. And then he has another sword in the other arm. So he's he's rolling double fisting. This is like, I think Val Kilmer is pretty solid with the sword, especially when he's just kind of displaying it and moving it. The sword fighting in this movie, and a lot of the fighting aside from the old ladies punching each other, is like a little clunky. I, f- mm. I felt like even for the time, it's it just seems like such a massive undertaking when it's all said and done. Where it's just like for me, I really appreciate the swing so much. Like I did not have a bad time watching the movie, but it's just like I could sit here and yeah. go over things that are like, well, there's this and there's this and there's this, but that's no fun. But like I think of Star Wars. <laughs> The first lightsaber battle between oh, yeah. Obi-Wan and Darth Vader is yeah. not yeah. anything. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I think like it could have been more attention been put onto that, especially now, I think in our contemporary gaze of like the Witcher, these long big shots of these actors who are actually like fucking killing it in sword fighting. So yeah, I like it would have been that would have been great to have a little bit more focus on that. But I, I don't know if that was necessary. Because like I think of Princess Bride, of course there is the sword fight, mm-hmm. which is about sword fighting and how good you are at sword fighting. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. But the rest of it, not there's no focus on that, right? So I don't think so. Yeah. I didn't notice it as I was watching it. Well so then that's not to say you're wrong. It's just not something I know. Well yeah, yeah, sure. I'll say it for you, Paul, you're wrong. Look, I missed a lot of shit, so I may be wrong about a lot of no, things. I just usually say, Paul, you're right, but, but I needed to say you're wrong. Like, I just feel like there were a lot of movies that came out in the 80s that some of these oh, sure. action sequences Highlander. were, I prefer the execution. Whether or not it's better, that's up to anybody's interpretation. I hear you saying, yeah. But it's like I mentioned Lady Hawk, and I don't want to sit here and list a bunch of fucking movies. Well, that's what we usually do. I know. I'm going to try <laughs> to avoid that. So the moment where Willow, to me, I think a lot of people would say he kind of completes his hero's journey when he transforms Finn. For me, it's when... Finn Rizal. Finn Rizal, thank you. Is it one word, Finn Rizal? It's two words. Oh. And if mm. you're going to shorten it, then she, they shorten it to Rizal. 
Interesting. Okay. So when Willow is faced with the queen and it's really more just about him being confident, believing in himself, doing what he does. And he was the magic the whole time. And it's like, it's kind of corny, but like, mm-hmm. I kind of like that payoff. It it shows that you've got these two sorcerers who are matched in their mm-hmm. great powers and she's defeated by something that she hadn't thought of. She wasn't thinking of street like street magic. Yeah, street magic. Right. You know, it's below uh, her. Yeah. She's she's too busy thinking about exiling this child to the thirteenth <laughs> night. She's not thinking about you know disappearing pig axe. Right. Yeah, I think I, I thought that was a really great callback to bring back mm-hmm. that. And like he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna clever do- thinking. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, you know my my. Acorn didn't work. I don't even have Sherlindria's wand in my hand. Like, I can't defeat her with magic. Finn Rizel couldn't defeat her with magic. I have to use the only thing that I have. Yeah. I maybe like the payoff of the acorn more in a way now that you mention that. Because it actually, even though he doesn't really get to use it and then you're expecting a payoff. But the payoff ends up being like what the payoff is. Where it's like, the magic wasn't out there the whole time, audience. The magic was this person the whole time. Well, I, uh, so it carries like that. It's weird. I, I'm going very I think inside baseball with this. but <laughs> I think that's kind of because I'm thinking of like other, we're talking about Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Right. Where it's like the same thing. Trying to achieve this one magical thing is fine. And that's a great way to like keep the story propelling. But at the end of the day, let's use the thing that was tried and true that we know we can do. Yeah. And that brings this belief into you. And I think Star Wars is a great comp, right? Because that's no bigger than a womp rat. Luke knows he can shoot something that small. He's done it his whole life. Mm-hmm. Having Obi-Wan like tell him, like, use the force and takes the shield away, mm-hmm. right? Because he's like, oh, wait, I can fucking do this. I know yeah. I can do this. And I think mm-hmm. this is the same thing. And it's that fast thinking character of being like, I'm I'm going to do this thing. And, and the fact and that it works. works. And it belie- and we, I believe that it would work because mm-hmm. she's – like she's too obsessed with magic to be like nobody knows more magic than me Mm -hmm. yeah and this isn't magic it's just sleight of hand i think it's great yeah i have a question the evil queen holds the wand up to the open roof where they're fighting the lightning yeah yeah is that what conducts the lightning into her is the wand or that she wants to use the wand because it's almost sure. like the lightning strikes her at random to yeah. a degree. And that's part of the thing. Like, it's like too, too many things feel like they happen at random in this movie where it's like, oh, I okay. Think, I think she's been calling on all these powers and now we've got like a lot of conduits happening at once. Okay. So, you know, you've got this. She's been summoning the power. She's been summoning the lightning. She's holding the wand. She's full of rage. She's probably her powers are out of control now because yeah. of what's just happened. She's been defeated, you know, so I think all of that. Yeah, I was conflict. getting the idea that she was, the lightning was going to hit the baby. Like that was. Oh, the, in the end. That's yeah. what she was I calling I think of for. that. Yeah, the 13th and, night. And so I think that's what the, it was uh, uh, supposed to hit in that moment. Yeah. That's when she was that's supposed what, to have completed the ritual. That's what it was I was supposed to be that exact that. time. Yeah. Okay. I, di- I did not get that. But the evil queen is defeated. By a lightning bolt. She is. She and Kale are both hoisted by their own petards. Mm, yes. <laughs> in this case. <laughs> and everything is bright. And per- that's the thing that a by lot of these. M- what? Petard. Petard. That's it. You've never heard that phrase? No. Hoisted by your own petard. I used to. We th- talked about this in the fall episode. I used to think that it meant you got like lifted up. 
But yeah. what it means is you were basically blown up by your own bomb. You were defeated by your own device. A petard was a was an explosive Shakespeare. device. Shakespeare. Yeah. Hamlet. Hamlet. So, yeah, that's right. okay. just like at the end of Star Wars or a lot of these films or Lord of the Rings, like everything is like brighter and people are happier and like, you know, Tears this male- is restored. Yeah, this malevolent creature no longer exists to oppress this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we head back to Hobbiton. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> mm-hmm. And again, I got the feels when he sees Hobbiton? his wife. I know. And he says, Kaya. Yeah. I think just like Lord of the Rings in this way, where when you get that far away from something and you get to that much danger and your life is on yeah. the line, brings everything into perspective. And like that home life that mm-hmm. is like it's means so matters. much. Yeah. And it meant a lot to me. When I saw. Yeah. The movie has like a lot of good messages. A lot of the payoffs are, are what they should be. Like it's just it's a simple story told in a very fantastical way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if that's what, you know, you're looking for, that's what you're gonna get in the end. Yeah. Well, here we are. Yeah. I feel like I never uh, I, I I like to be careful when critiquing other works. Right. Um because we're all doing this. We know how hard it is to write something. Oh, yeah. We know how yep. something works on paper and then you watch the edit and you're like, this isn't working, you know? Yeah. But I feel like what made this film so beloved was not present in the sequel. There was a sequel? In the series. Oh, in, in the, the sequel series. series yeah. yeah. I think that the that the creators of the series, I don't think they picked up on what I love about Willow. Mm. And um, that's a bummer. Yeah. There's like a lot of lovable things. That shouldn't be hard. For me, it just kind of was boring. And the tone was way off for me. Mm. The tone was very, this had a lot of child, child, family humor. Silly things, you yeah. know, the brownie, it's very Ewok type of, you know, Huber. PG movie. And the series felt very teenage angsty. Yeah, it's dark. And yeah. Yeah. I wish that they had consulted with me. I guess <laughs> I wish that they had consulted with me. Do you me want to tell them they're listening? Bef- before they made it. Bob Iger. You listen, Bobby. Listen here, Bob Iger. <laughs> and I am available, you know, for future. Projects. Future Brendan Depending Fraser, if she's Val busy. Kilmer she could be busy. You if could Val try. Kil- if Val Kilmer and Fraser are involved, you know Val Kilmer wasn't able to be involved for his health, but they left it open. They they. I was trying to remember. Did they kill Mad Martin again? No, they didn't because oh. they wanted. If he was ever able, they were hmm. ready to be like. As soon as you have a good day, we will yeah. create it for you. you know, good. So. Well, do we have any uh, last minute additions we want to talk about? In this I think movie, I anything we missed? I think I went over everything I would like to. Shannon, anything we missed? I think I did too. I just this is one that that I just want to love, mm-hmm. you know. And so it, you'd said something earlier, Paul, about there are certain things you'll forgive from different things, and that's how I feel going into this. Is I'm gonna forgive. Any little silly things that I'm like, yeah. oopsie, I'd maybe edit that out if I were making sure. this today. I don't <laughs> care because it has so much heart and mm. it just fills me with so much delight. I, I agree. I, I mean, 
I had a delightful time watching it. That's why it gets my five disappearing pigs. Yeah, let's get Whoa. to that. We're still. Let's go to our. Has, has anyone's ranking final ratings changed, Shannon? Now that we've finished our discussion, my my rating is unchanged. Five out of five disappearing pigs. Five out of five. Would you like to pick pigs. who goes next? Paul, has do you have any change after this discussion? Um, this ex- examination. You both brought up a good, a lot of good points, and also like. I kind of at times felt like the odd man out a little bit because, I'm sorry. and no, that's not in a bad way, but in a way where it's like, if this is the type of movie that you like, if this, if you want somebody to do some world building with and for you, um, and you just kind of want something that you can get lost in a little bit and you're okay with still being a devil for the details. For me, it's a thing where it's like, this is the kind of thing I like. I play Dungeons and Dragons. Like I I like the Conan movies. I like Red Sonia. I like I like sword and sorcery stuff. But I can't really go above the two and a half, partly because like I couldn't relate to the details apparently that I really probably should have related to or maybe listened to or what have you as this ran twice in my home. But also I I agree with what Shannon said. This it's a solid movie. It's well made. You can tell the people that made it fucking really cared about it. And if I met either of you and you hadn't seen this movie, I'd be like, have you seen Willow? <laughs> this isn't a movie that I would tell people not to watch. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, it doesn't quite climb into that, like, I'd watch it again or like recommend it randomly or whatever. But if it's in your wheelhouse, like make it a priority. Yeah. Very good. I can respect that. I can I'm- respect that. I think I'm gonna stay at three and a half. I almost wiggled. Mm-hmm. I almost wiggled. I almost wiggled up <laughs> to a wiggle. to a soft four. Get it three point seven five. Yeah, I think I'm around. I mean, we Ooh, she gave you the Liberty point two five rule. Yeah, she's handed it to she you. Handed it to me. So yeah, wow. three point seven five. Yeah, again, loved it. I think it's delightful, and I might watch it again. Oh um, yeah, and I would recommend it. And I think like if you like Princess Bride and you haven't seen this movie, you should watch it. If you like Labyrinth and you haven't seen this movie, you Ooh, should watch yeah. it. Like, if somebody said I like Val Kilmer specifically, mm-hmm. you should like, watch th- it. Yeah, like oh. Have and if seen... someone said I don't like Val Kilmer, I'd be like, Are you fucking psycho? <laughs> yeah, watch, what's wrong with you? watch Willow. Yeah, and then come back and tell me that. And also <laughs> never text me <laughs> exactly. again because I don't like you. <laughs> you may not love the movie, but if you don't like him. Um, so before we do our final wrap up, I just want to mention that our bookend themes are by Jamie Henwood and Jamie Henwood is a good friend of mine who recently lost his sweet cat charmer Hmm. after 18 years. Jamie, I've been there. I'm so sorry. We had a family member lose a family member. Yeah. So we just want to say RIP to that beautiful boy. Yeah. Yeah. 18 years. And it's like, yeah, you know. I know you're an animal lover. We're both animal oh, yeah, lovers. Yeah. And it's, and I think it's just so hard because we want these creatures to live forever. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. Yeah. And like to them, we're crazy ethereal elves that live <laughs> forever. That do their bidding. Yeah. But like we are their whole life. Couldn't be you happier know, about it. <laughs> get these little, so anyway, I just want to shout out to Jamie and, and Charmer yeah. and say that we're thinking about thinking about you. And um, But let's uh, – Final plugs. Again, we're at Review X2 Podcast on Instagram. I'm at Run BMC on it. Instagram. Shannon. At Shannon Corbet. C-O-R-B as in Bravo. E-I-L as in Lima. You can see why I have to tell people <laughs> that it rhymes with sorbet. Yeah. But it looks like Corbeil. Corbeil. It's French like the brownies. 
I'm at Paul X Badly on Letterboxd, and our What Are We Watching theme was by Matthew Foskett. Thank you so much for tuning in. Join us next time. James Bond will return. Yes, we will be back. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for being here, Shannon. How did we not? Why didn't we do the whole episode like this? <laughs> I could have done the Australian. No, this isn't brought to you by accents. No. Not this one. All right, that's not, that's not my audition accent. Okay, <laughs> give her some time to work it. You guys, this was so. Thank much you fun. so much. Thank you so so much. You were wonderful. If, I I really was honored that you asked. Thank Thrilled you. that I got to watch Willow again. So yes. Yeah, this is fun. Thanks. We're out. Thank you, Shannon. Bye.